You got me mad now. You know, you got a bicycle. Feeling good. Well, the st- skeptics and all the people have a little bit of... Let me do this again. Oh, it's live, pal. Sorry. We ride the bicycle in this arena. With my man, man, Pots and Pants, Nick Bacone. That's me. I don't know where the kid is that was riding it, but he ain't on it when they brought it to the ring. Tomorrow, I'll you can kick your face off. I'm down with that. Get the But I don't like it when things aren't going my way. Don't you dare be He don't know nothing else. <laughs> hey, you know that wrestling, right, you know that wrestling boy. <laughs> Give me a hell yeah. I said give me a hell yeah. What's up ladies and gentlemen out there in internet land and welcome to episode 335 of the Straight Shooters available wherever podcasts are found. My name is Vaughn Johnson of the Philadelphia Inquirer, and I'm joined as always by my main man, Pots and Pants, Nick Bacone, a Philly influencer, and Fox PHL, the gambler. And we have yet another fantastic show ahead of us here on episode 335. It is a deep dive. It is a Patreon request. It is a deep dive into SummerSlam 02 from August 25th, 2002. We're going to talk all about it, all the happenings around SummerSlam 2002. Again, a Patreon request. You can head over to patreon.com slash radio to put in your request, and we will also fulfill that request and let you make a cameo on the show. Today's patron, Chris Johnson, as always, he will make a uh, cameo on the show later on. But before we get into anything else, I got to do my weekly check-in with my man, man, Pots and Pans, Nick Bacone. How you doing on this overcast sunday afternoon an eagles game day technically yeah. my good brother yeah. i mean it's it's still hard for me to get like excited about preseason and i think it also has to do with the phillies just being owned day in and day out by the new york oh, no. metropolitans so Killed your spirit it's a little uh you know even if they win today they they split the series but the first two games were just like ugh. and then apparently it's uh pouring rain in cleveland where the yeah. eagles will play so hopefully no injuries come out of that I, one i think a lot of guys are sitting because of that yeah, that's because jalen hurts is not starting smart. aj brown i don't think it's playing like a lot of guys are going to not play because it's like we're not going to risk the, and, and apparently they got like new turf down which oh, i don't know right. if they know what, if it's good or not yet right, <laughs> like, right right so yeah. i just saw that earlier so yeah i think they 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 knew they know what's up so yeah. and uh um usually i i know they went back Scale back to three preseason games. Uh, I, yeah, I think the third one, you know, when they had four, was the most important yeah, one. Yeah, that guess. was the one uh, that the starters will play the most. Yeah, so I think like the second one now is like kind of like more important than it was before. I don't I know guess. if they hold importance. I still don't the last I, one, but yeah, because I didn't really get a beat on even last year. I don't right. really recall how they're right. going to do it now because I'm trying to remember like the preseason finale last year. And I, I, I mean, I guess I usually forget preseason finales. Oh, no, not you. <laughs> so, <laughs> look, no preseason. I know there's one memorable preseason finale I can tell you about. Uh, usually, for those that don't know, the Eagles traditionally play the Jets. Every preseason finale has been like a 20-year tradition. And it just rotates back and forth as to who, you know, who hosts the game. This right. year, though, Eagles played the Jets in the season preseason opener, which is like, oh, man, the tradition has been broken. What? But to me, the most memorable one would have been 2018 when we played the we had uh, played the Jets in the preseason finale, and I forget the quarterback Joe Sullivan, who was just running for his life and at times, just chucking it up and hoping for the best. Sometimes 
he was running for his dear life. But my man Stephen Means put on a show in the preseason finale. Had like three sacks. Had the big, the big celebration. I think he like a sledgehammer. Boom. And everybody likes Stephen Means. And then I think we cut him after. And it's like, what the hell? Like, what? No. Uh, he, he's been in Atlanta for a couple years, though. So he, he landed on his feet. But he had a... he was. He went crazy in this game against the Jets in the preseason finale. Like three or four sacks. <laughs> like he was just housing old linemen in this game. So that would have been the year after we won the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That yeah, would have been my first preseason. Gotcha. But yeah. So preseason football, guys. Exciting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You think it's watching on TV is rough sometimes? Imagine being at the games. <laughs> like, yeah, you got to get that content out. up and you got to figure yeah, out content, what man. people are going to Pre- react to. I was at a preseason game that got uh, canceled halfway through. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Remember man, that? 2019? Yeah. When we were playing, I think, the Titans. And That was, uh, can- that was canceled halfway through. It was like the third quarter. I and they, remember that. There was lightning in the area and it, was like, uh, and it started pouring and it was like, you know what? We're done. <laughs> like, because it's preseason. <laughs> who cares? We're done. The first <laughs> memory right I have now. of preseason is at the vet where the turf was up, so the Ravens oh, yeah. like, refused to play, I guess. Or and that was that was in a hard knock. That was in the very first hard knock too. And they came, the Ravens came to the vet. Oh wow! And the turf was all wow. messed up. Wasn't and it was like we're same, not playing? Like time frame that To was coming to the Eagles. Like he got traded to the Ravens. He didn't want to go there. Like wasn't that the same no, time frame or no? No, this was like oh oh one. This okay. was like after okay. the Ravens won their first Super Bowl. Gotcha. So that was like a few years later. That was oh four when To yeah. got here. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think the Ravens were one of the teams that was interested, something like that. Yeah, because I remember, I think he was technically traded or something, and then he filed a grievance with the union, I think. Or, or oh, I, maybe yeah, I I'm remember. like, maybe I'm just making stuff up, but I, I do remember being really mad that the Ravens got him. I was like, what? Uh. Like, McNabb and T.O. is so much better than who I, I, guess, I guess. I don't know if Maybe Kyle, been like Bowler, Kyle was, Bowler. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Like, so what the hell is this, man? Kyle like, Bowler or so uh, angry. Anthony Wright or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, it you wasn't know? Trent Dilfer, that's for sure. No, he, he was, was gone by gone, that point. So. Yeah, Kyle yeah, Bowler would have yeah, been the guy. It was, it was, that's my first preseason memory, really. Kyle Bowler was kind of nice and mad, though. <laughs> <laughs> he was kind of good, mad in like 03, 04. Was, look, if, you, if you, you had the defense already, you can start a franchise with Kyle Bowler and make him better. Right. You had a juggernaut on your hands. <laughs> you can uh, increase his uh, attributes like in the 90s. A lot easier in the video game, I guess. Oh, yeah. A lot easier. Man, the quarterbacks I used to play with in video games that were, like, not good in real life, but I would turn them into, like, juggernauts in the game. <laughs> Joey Harrington's the first to come to mind, man, bro. Joey Harrington from the Lions. I had him throwing, like, 60 touchdowns in the season. Throwing them up to Charles Rogers, bro. Rest in peace to Charles Rogers. Oh, man. I was out here, though, with Joey Harrington. That's All right? Funny. That was my guy. Did you know, he go to I, Miami? Oh. I mean, it was, like, supposed to be good in Miami. and just stay. Joey Harrington? Yeah. No, he got drafted by the Lions. No, I know, like after he left there. No, he he went to Atlanta. He yeah, was the guy who played when Michael Vick went to jail for the season. You know what? I think I'm thinking of the guy was that Chad Pennington. I think that's oh yeah, Chad Pennington. Yeah, he that's was funny. he played for the Jets. Yeah, and then went and then Miami. they gave up on him, went to the Dolphins, and took them to the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Chad Pennington that, was good. How about that? The lefty. Yeah, he, Chad I remember Pennington. him because we would always play him in the preseason. Like, right, because in, yeah. <laughs> in the preseason so finale. In the preseason finale. It's always the Chad Pennington, Donovan McNabb showcase, <laughs> or or lack thereof because they didn't play. <laughs> Look good at times, that. Good times. Good times, man. Good times. But also good times. Sort of good times. It's 2002. Very good times, I think. Some very good times, at least in wrestling. Yeah. At least in wrestling. 
You ready to dive deep into SummerSlam from 2002? Uh, I mean, I guess we have to. It's the title of the show. So. That's fair. Yeah. And there's it's no intro, time. so I'm not, I can't even click to play an intro. They didn't have any. <laughs> right. On Peacock, we just got yeah. a... We just got the little opening graphic thing, yeah, but it's like, oh, okay. And this was uh, the first SummerSlam post alliance, you know, invasion thing. So at this point, there was a uh, draft. So rosters were separate, but they would come together for the pay per views. It felt very, uh, I don't know, it felt important. You know, SummerSlam always felt important, but like I was on a sabbatical at, oh. at this point in time of watching wrestling. So I didn't watch the show and I didn't care anything about the show. What? I did not. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I should have waited for you to, you know, be like, where were you? Well, time? yeah, I'm going to come but, back to this. I'm going to come back to this. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. So but, I was uh, not really feeling it, but what a show. One of the greatest summer slams of all time. Yes, it was. This show took place at on August 25th, 2002. It emanated from the Nassau Coliseum in Uniondale, New York. It was once the home, this Nassau Coliseum, of the New York Islanders. It is no longer the home of the New York Islanders. They now play in UBS Arena in Elmont, New York, starting this past season. Uh, but the Nassau Coliseum's current tenants are the New York Riptide of the National Lacrosse League. You know, New York Riptide. Yeah. You're familiar. And the Long Island Nets of the G League. You can uh, oh. only you can imagine which team they uh, oh. are affiliated with. A uh, little team called the Brooklyn Nets, you know. Uh, that's the Long Island Nets, though, they lost in the G League quarterfinal. Do, do you know to who? The Philadelphia 87ers? <laughs> They're not the Philadelphia 87ers. <laughs> they were the Delaware 87ers. Delaware, but yeah. it's the same organization. I, I they are now known that as... After I said Philadelphia, and I was like, stop now. <laughs> They are now known as the Delaware Blue Coats. Blue Coats. There you go. Okay, they are the Sixers affiliate, obviously, uh, and they've been pretty good the last couple seasons. Just, just putting it out there. They've been all right. All up. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but of course, the building has a rich wrestling history as well. It was one of the three host venues for WrestleMania two. The others being the Rosemont Horizon and Rosemont Illinois, and the Los Angeles Sports Arena in Los Angeles. Of course, yeah. uh, it has hosted many TV tapings back in the day. Uh, and, and was the site of WWE's first and so far only all women's pay per view, Evolution, back in 2018. We'll see if they bring that back uh, in the future. But Vince had his time with that, and he said, "Nope, I'm done now. <laughs> We're not doing it again." Luckily, um, there's probably a better chance now. So yeah, we'll shall see. Uh, the arena itself actually closed in 2015. Due to renovations, but it opened back up in 2017. Yeah. So before we get into this, now I got to ask you: Where were you in life, and and at this time in 2002, and also what is the the reasoning behind your sabbatical? Because we've heard, I've heard you talk about this. I was on yeah. sabbatical. I was on sabbatical. But why were you on sabbatical? Uh, real life, I was heading into my senior year of high school, and even though I was an introvert much of my life. Uh, my junior year, I started breaking out a little bit here and there, but I still wouldn't like go hang out, you know, with friends like outside of school. Like I'll just come home, do what I needed to do, homework, whatever, baseball during the spring, and that was it. Uh, family events on the weekend, like I didn't really go hang out. I didn't go to parties or any of that. I I went to one party uh, a few months later, 
uh, during the first part of my senior year. But, you know, didn't really, I wasn't like all about that scene, you know? So uh, I was just introverted. And so that summer, you know, the end of junior year into summer, I think I was just like maybe like hanging out here and there, but not, you know, around the wrestling schedule like I used to. You know, like I was like, oh, like Monday night, somebody wanted to come over, invite me over, I, I'd go. And I wouldn't even tape Raw. Like I wouldn't even watch it, wouldn't even care. Same with Thursday night, SmackDown. Uh, didn't really watch it. I, I thought, you know, the whole – I really missed the whole draft thing at first. Um, like the whole separate rosters didn't wasn't appealing to me. Like it seemed like the, the invasion totally zapped my energy of like my love for wrestling at that point for a while i didn't care that rick flair came back but i was you, still watching at that you weren't alone point. in that by the way yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of people who did not who stopped watching wrestling after like 2001 yeah and i remember like the invasion being very very underwhelming because there was no nwo there was no sting no goldberg you know but uh, i still watched and i was you know like oh my god it's like wcw on wwf tv and wcw and ecw like that's a big deal regardless who's there so i taped all that you know like watched it all and then i i think i just hit a hit a moment where i'm like Ugh. like none of my classmates watched wrestling at that point anymore like the rock had moved on so close steve Austin had moved on and and because they weren't like wrestling as much you know the rock obviously here was the champion but he he was not there on, on a weekly basis so you know they just kind of fell out of love with it and i don't blame them either so i couldn't really talk to anybody about wrestling um and heading into my senior year like that was you know socially it felt more important to you know uh focus on that stuff so wrestling definitely took a back seat i hated the fact that they called up brock lesnar i just thought he was like I didn't know. I didn't pay attention to anything Ohio Valley Wrestling. No WWE development stuff. Like, I, I didn't know that existed, really. Even though I was on the message boards, like, they didn't really talk about it that much. And when they did, I just didn't care. Like, I, I, I there's, like, no reason for me not to care. I just didn't care. So, you know, they called up Brock, and he's big and muscly and, and, and bad. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Like, another dude and then like i heard that he beat the rock and i was like of course like wh what a stupid decision like <laughs> I, I would get like stupid. so annoyed at this stuff and uh but like looking back at like it, it was a it was very much a, a turning of the you know a new era in, in wwe and wrestling in general uh because tna had started it that year as well mm, that's a good point. but i remember not and ring know, of honor started in 2002 yeah, yeah i remember not caring much about it uh, so I, I was just like, eh, whatever. Like wrestling's over, you know. Like I, I didn't it's think it, I would get back into it. And 2003 was like hit or miss for me, but I, I really got back into it in like the fall of '03 with the build to like WrestleMania 20. Like that's what I was back in. So like the rest of this year and into 2003, I was just like, eh. Like WrestleMania 19, I got into it a lot, um, just because of the spectacle. It was, it was like, you know. Safeco Field, and I was like, oh, that's cool. It's Lesnar versus Angle. By by this point, I, I enjoyed Lesnar, but I still wasn't watching, like, on a weekly basis. So, um, yeah, really, like, I was just really annoyed with wrestling, I guess. You know, Brock coming in, think, like, two months later, he wins the title. I'm like, that's the dumbest thing ever, man. Like, <laughs> he's got to pay his dues. You know, I was one of those idiots. So, um, 
Yeah, that's kind of where I was in, in my life, just trying to make a social life that was very hard for an introverted person to make because, like, I wanted to have friends outside of school, but then I didn't want to go hang out because I, I was comfortable just being home. But that's where I was. That's where you were. I was I, I was watching in 2002. It was, uh, it was it, like you said, it was a new – a lot of new was happening in 2002. So much changed in 2002. It is definitely the first year of like a new era. For one, WWF becomes WWE. You have a brand extension now. Raw and SmackDown are separate shows, separate rosters. Uh, Like you said, you have WCW is gone. This is the first full year without WCW from, you know, at any point. Uh, And as you saw with Brock Lesnar, there's a new batch of talent coming up too. And he's just the first. Of a whole slew of talent. So, yes, 2002 was a good time for WWE, at least from one standpoint. It was really just having the most insanely stacked roster probably ever. <laughs> like, like even I always talk about 2000 being the year that WWE added to its death and, and got rolling. But, like, it, they got even deeper after WCW went, went under for obvious reasons. They signed up a bunch of their talent. But, like, they also had a whole slew of guys in OVW that were future stars, like Brock Lesnar, like John Cena, like Batista, like Shelton Benjamin. There's so many guys in the pipeline, not to mention, like, Joey Mercury, you know, like Eminem. Those guys were still in developmental. The Bashman Brothers, they weren't developmental. They weren't great, but, you know, they were there. They were on the main roster, you know, and a lot of other people, right? But... It was still the early stages of the brand's split. This is, like you said, the first like super show, I think, that they had and interpromotional matches on this show. And there was so much going on because of all the newness. And the both of the shows still felt pretty distinct by this point. Obviously, that would go by the wayside as time had went on. Um, but Raw had the star power. That was Raw's appeal. You had Triple H. You had Steve Austin when he was there. Of course, he he left at this point. He was gone. Uh, you had Ric Flair. You had even Chris Jericho was a big name. And on SmackDown, you had some big names, but not quite as big. You also had some workers, right? You had Brock was eventually going to be exclusive to SmackDown. The Rock was on both shows, so he's a part of SmackDown too, I guess, and put him a part of Raw as well. But they also had Edge and Rey Mysterio and Kurt Angle and eventually you know benoit was starting up there yeah they had their traveling champ uh you, you like so much so rock was on both shows technically he was drafted to smackdown but right like once he won the title he could go float and do all that i kind of miss that i but i agree i i, I think I one champion like traveling champs, between so. the both shows is the way to go it just kind of sucks for raw that Roman is exclusive property of SmackDown, and he's got both titles. <laughs> so they got to make the IC title, like or the US title, I should say, like the big title over there. But uh, it be that way. <laughs> I still would rather have one title. But um, SmackDown, again, not as quite as big a name as Raw, but better in-ring action. And you see pretty much see that on display on this show. You see what I'm talking about. But adding to that depth that WWE is already has, is this embarrassment of riches on his roster okay adding to that depth Shawn michaels is coming back like did they need anybody else on a roster like this 
Oh yeah. By the way, by this time, by like you know, early next that, year, Steve Austin's gonna come back. Good point. I mean, uh, even I was like, really? Like Shawn Michaels is back? Like he's four years older? He, I, I don't like the whole Triple H thing. I was like, oh, it's just his buddy, like helping a buddy. Like in real life, I was just like, eh, not for me. <laughs> One of the greatest matches, you know, in SummerSlam history. And oh yeah, you know, obviously I would come to love that match, but to build up and and. Learning that, and I was just like, "Oh my god, really?" <laughs> yeah, I fe- I felt like I didn't like anything they were doing, which is kind of funny looking back. Because <laughs> this was like I said, like a time like where just they just had everybody, they had everybody, and they were bringing back Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair's wrestling. And yeah, that was annoying too. Steve Austin isn't even there. Right, Hogan hasn't wasn't Hogan, there. Brock destroyed him. So. Hogan was just there. Yeah, it wasn't like he was gone for a long time. He was there. Like, <laughs> it had Hogan too. Damn. So yeah, Hall of Famers up and down this show, up and down this roster. Um, and WWE, like again, just an embarrassment of riches at this point. Uh, but also with those big names was also the next big thing. The next big name. His name was Brock Lesnar. And he was firmly being placed on the platform for takeoff by this point. And by the end of the night, he'd be clear to take off. <laughs> okay? <laughs> but clearly, they're strapping the rocket to the guy. Right? And again, like you mentioned earlier, two brands, but only one championship. And I understand that WWE is probably going to break up the titles at some point again to appease their TV partners. But I'll say it again. I prefer one title. Okay? And again, the debuts, you had the young guys, you had Rey Mysterio debuted in 2002 in WWE. It was a wild time. Oh, also, the brand split broke up a bunch of tag teams, like the Dudley Boys, the Hardy Boys, the Acolytes, like, <laughs> done. So you got Brother Devon, or Reverend Devon, I should say, and Deacon Batista out there <laughs> doing stuff. Okay. And I think even I hated that. I was like, why would you break up like a team like the Dudleys? Yeah. I get like other tag teams that aren't as popular, but like really? Yeah. I know wrestling always tries to come full circle where it's like, well, eventually we're going to break you up. Eventually this is going to happen. You're going to turn on each other. And like, I get it, but like the Dudleys, like really? Yeah, that's they, these are here. popular tag teams. And then, so what? But Bubba Ray became, a, he just started wearing like football jerseys or baseball jerseys with 3D on the back. <laughs> he was just Bubba Ray. Uh, Bradshaw, he he became Justin Hawk Bradshaw again. <laughs> like yeah. he just went back to who he was yeah. before the acolytes. And then what did Farouk do? I don't remember Farouk doing anything at this time. Like it didn't help any of these guys. It. I guess Matt Hardy. It helped. I think That's it helped why the Hardy they put boys it back together eventually. Right. They put the Dudleys back together. The APA back together. Right. I think it helped the Hardys though. I think the Hardys yeah. swam on their own fairly yeah. well. Ver- Matt Hardy version one was hilarious, and then. Jeff Hardy obviously had his issues, but eventually he got it together a little bit and became world champ. So Yeah, and he, earlier this year, no, too, he had that ladder match with The Undertaker when The Undertaker was champ. And, yeah. Uh, that was, like, a great showcase, like, kind of cementing the fact that Jeff could do this on his own. And I remember hearing about that match, and I don't remember how I – I don't think I watched it until it was, like, on a DVD of a DVD I got or something. And uh, it might have been like a, a raw DVD. But, um, yeah, I was just like, I missed all that. And it's great stuff, but 
then I could not care less. And it's just kind of crazy to think about. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, Jeff Hardy in the main event against The Undertaker. Yeah, he's really going to win. Like, I was too cool for school at this point. <laughs> too cool for school. Speaking of too cool for school, let's kick it over to today's patron, Chris Johnson, and get his thoughts on SummerSlam 2002. Take it away, Chris. What's going on, Straight Shooters? Chris Johnson back and bang, giving you my thoughts on SummerSlam from 2002. Uh, see, travel back in time, 20 years, August of 02. I was 16 years old. So junior in high school. Uh, school just starting out. Starting back up with a uh, basketball conditioning because I played basketball in high school. So looking forward to the season, not the conditioning part. I did not order this pay-per-view, even though I was really super, super hyped for it. Asked my parents if I could get the pay-per-view, but unfortunately never got the pay-per-view. So I waited for the DVD to come out a month after, and I would always get the DVDs after the pay-per-view come out because it was just cheaper. $20 as opposed to $50 back in the day. No-brainer. I was really, really looking forward to this show. We all know the main event, Brock Lesnar and The Rock, undisputed title on the line. The Rock was basically everybody's favorite superstar, probably. If not, I'd be surprised. And you had the next big thing, and Brock Lesnar, who had just debuted... Four, uh, five months prior in March, right after WrestleMania, went on to win the King of the Ring, beating RVD, and of course would face The Rock for the undisputed title. I was looking forward to that. I was also looking forward to Shawn Michaels' return, coming back off the broken back. Hadn't wrestled since WrestleMania 14, facing Triple H. Then we had, of course, Rey Mysterio, Kurt Angle. Thought it was going to be a great match. Edge and Eddie Guerrero. I was looking forward to that one as well. SummerSlam 2002 was, in my opinion, the best SummerSlam of all time. Just top to bottom, it was a super deep card. Lots of talent on the show. Might have to find it hard-pressed to find a SummerSlam that was better. I guess you could put 92 up in that conversation, but I think SummerSlam 02, just top to bottom, was the greatest SummerSlam ever. I thought the show was amazing. Like I said, best SummerSlam ever. Um, there wasn't really much on the show not to like. Undertaker and Test Match wasn't really much. It was, eh, it was it was it was just there for you know a spot between you know Benoit RVD, which was a banger, and before Shawn Michaels' return, which we all know is a classic, one of Shawn Michaels and Triple H's best matches ever, for that matter. Um, Mysterio Angle banger. I was surprised the match was less than ten minutes. I thought it was longer than that, but it was like a eight nine minute match. Either way, it was great. Jericho and Flair was solid. Edge and Eddie Guerrero was fantastic. Two of the all-time greats in the ring. Not really surprised there. Tag title watch was eh. It was it was there. It was alright. Brock and Rock, which a lot of people were looking forward to. I thought it was a solid match. Um, the coordination of Brock being the next big thing. That was a right move there. Putting the belt on him with the Rock going away. Going to Hollywood. Doing his thing there. Still to this day, I watched this show. And I'm still in awe of how great the show was 20 years later. So many good matches. So such a deep, deep card. Such a deep, talented roster back in 02. I don't, I don't know what else there is to say about it. It was just a fantastic show. Uh, straight shoes. I appreciate y'all once again. Let me be on the greatest wrestling podcast out today. Hope you guys are safe in Philly. Catch you guys on the other side. Peace. Thanks again to the good brother Chris Johnson for checking in with us about SummerSlam 02. He enjoyed the privilege that is provided when you subscribe and put in your request over at patreon.com slash shooters radio. You can do the same thing. You could be like Chris. All you got to do is head on over there 
Put in your request. We will fulfill it. And then you can also make a guest appearance here on the Straight Shooters. Mm. It's worth a lot more than $2, just saying. Mm. <laughs> An Talk appearance on here? Uh, Talk to him. You're a legend forever. <laughs> Look, we don't make it up. It's just, it's just, these are just facts. Mm-hmm. These are just the facts, okay? But here we are, SummerSlam. 2002 the first episode of season 15 <laughs> the first and only episode <laughs> of the season and it doesn't start with a big long video package on peacock mm. it's nice. just welcome to SummerSlam, folks <laughs> <laughs> graphic and pyro here we are and even if you search on youtube for like an entrance thing it's they really only have the promos like commercials that aired mm. nothing that would come before it so i don't know if it was a music rights thing is why they wasn't on Peacock or WWE Network, but you really can't. If they did air a video package, it's just not there. <laughs> not I mean, I it. only have a DVD version, so I wouldn't even know if it was aired live or not. So yeah, and I didn't watch this live as a kid. Oh no, really? No, nah, man. <laughs> I got like one pay per view a year, and that was WrestleMania, <laughs> <laughs> and I enjoyed WrestleMania in twenty two thousand two. Yeah, I watched that live. <laughs> I'm just watching. I'm watching the Eagles game. I'm sorry. <laughs> and uh, Dave Spadaro's on the sideline doing this call, doing this little thing on the sideline. I saw that. And he, some guy who's doing like the chains, walked right in front of our camera and Spuds, without dropping his head, without looking to the side, put his hand on this man's chest and said, No, sir, you have to go around. And didn't skip a beat. That's why I asked that man to officiate my wedding. Because I knew he's a, awesome. he's a consummate pro. He's a pro's pro, that Dave Spadaro. <laughs> that was just flawless, though. It was flawless. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> it's flawless execution right there. Didn't skip a beat. But after the pyro and all the noise and bells and whistles, we get Michael Cole and Taz welcoming us to the show. Of course, they'll call the SmackDown matches, while Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler will be calling the Raw matches. Did not love the stage. I don't know how you felt about uh, this stage. Because I feel like we talked about SummerSlam 2000. Or, no, we go from 99, 2000, 2001, and now 2002. And we've talked about, like, the evolution of the stage and the logo during that time. I don't like this one that much. Oh, Boston Scott always stepped out of bounds. I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought he's been a takeoff on him. Yeah, how are you ahead of me? Uh, I, I'm watching on the live TV function on my Fire Stick, so... That is... There's that. That is very... I don't know how that's ahead of me, but you're ahead of me, and I'm on cable. Mm-hmm. So... But... Damn. <laughs> I don't know how you felt about this stage, though, at SummerSlam. But I, I do don't remember, even remember it, so maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I didn't like uh, 99s. I just didn't understand the concept and what it was supposed to be. Uh, 2000 was an improvement. 2001 was just 2000, but with screens on the side. And then it got a little wacky here. I just didn't understand it. It's, it's like Did they I had pieces like, of of a stage they just threw together. It's like, here we go. Here's the stage now. Yeah. This felt disjointed yeah. to me. Uh, of all the things that I pay attention to and you don't. Right. Um, yeah, I wouldn't. But that's why we fit, because you don't pay attention to the stage. That's your blind spot. My blind spot is like the ring and the mats and the turnbuckles. <laughs> <laughs> Even though that's what we're looking at the most during the show. 
Uh, right. I don't pay no attention yeah, to it. Right. But um, that stage, though. Oh, look at that stage. Oh, look at them lights. <laughs> oh, the concept of this one. It's really enticing. That's funny. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> could not tell you I even remember. I, th- oh, I was wow. expecting Rey Mysterio to come out of, like, the side. You know, like how he yeah, yeah. used to, like, pop up out of the ground or whatever. But he obviously did not do that. Sneak so attacked. I was just like, oh, okay. Speaking of. Mr. Mysterio, <laughs> he's in our opening match at SummerSlam 02. It is a classic Rey Mysterio against Kurt Angle. And like you said, Rey Mysterio does not make his usual entrance. He sneak attacks Kurt Angle from behind like a real baby face, you know. <laughs> but it's okay because everybody loves Rey Mysterio. But he does a springboard Hurricane Runner from behind. He oh, jumped man. over Kurt Angle's head, caught like his like... He <laughs> caught his neck with his ankles on the way and then executed the rest of the move seamlessly, effortlessly, flawlessly. Mm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I was impressed. Now, I don't, I knew Ray Mysterio came in, but that's still obviously in this time frame. I was like, eh, whatever. Um, and he had wrestled some SmackDown matches and he'd been winning them. You know, I, I think they were mostly tag matches, but. So I used to think this was his debut, but apparently it wasn't. It was his pay-per-view. No, he debuted debut. on SmackDown before this. Yeah, it was his pay-per-view debut, though. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, Kurt Angle, Rey Mysterio, that'll be good. Don't care. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's how bad I was. That's how down bad I was. Really? Wrestling yeah, in was... general. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it was a combination of real life, like having it in my senior year of high school versus, uh, am I too old for this? Versus... I just yeah. don't care. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think I pondered that at one point. You know, I was like, mm, is this cool? But I just kept watching. But that's what I'm saying. Like, if I saw this match live, I would have been like, who cares about anyone else? <laughs> you know, like, I love this. <laughs> I love this shit. <laughs> who cares? Real yeah. talk, though. Because <laughs> yeah. like, was some good stuff happening in 2002. Mm. You know, and this was among the... This is, this is great. This is like post Kernangle haircut, like with the yeah. He just cut ear, his hair like a couple months prior. Yeah, ear thing with the which wig was and also hilarious. Yeah, when he cut his hair and he's wearing the the helmet with the wig and the toupee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, there are times where WWE's comedy is really dumb and it's not funny. That was hilarious, and Kurt <laughs> Angle makes it really funny because he he dives all the way into it with the he just doesn't care about looking stupid. And he he gives those looks. He's like, "Don't laugh at me. Yeah. <laughs> what are you looking at? Yeah. How uh, dumb was that? What the hell? What the headgear? I loved it. <laughs> so and then like it would like slip off, and he would like pull it back on, like we just didn't see his yeah. head. <laughs> it was so funny. Oh, that was such a good time. That was such a good time. That also reminded me of like when Vince got his head shaved, and he was wearing like a fedora yeah. on TV or something like that. <laughs> What? People do be doing dumb stuff, man. Kurt Angle is hilarious, but <laughs> that was so funny. By the way, um, Angle hit Mysterio with a wicked German suplex early in this match. Okay, yeah. he just picked him up. I think he did a deadlift uh, German suplex, but of course, since it's Ray Mysterio, he just flung his ass somewhere. <laughs> and my dog yeah, just, like didn't that. didn't like it. That's what Angle probably sounded like. When he pretty threw, much through Ray, my dog doesn't like the neighbors above me like just uh, doing marching band routine. I don't know what they're doing. Oh, they're just stomping away. 
They better be in a marching band. I'm saying I hope I hope for your sake. They, they, they just better be in a marching band the way they be marching around their apartment, bro. We ain't got this much room. It's, it's, these apartments ain't that big. All right. I live here, too. <laughs> I don't well, do this I'm much saying, walking. My walls aren't great either. I, I could hear like, TVs and walking above me, but, you know, my neighbors next door, they're apparently moving out, unfortunately. Uh-huh. They're, they're nice, quiet folk. So, oh, yeah. um, uh-huh. you know, an old lady lost her husband back in May, and I, I guess, you know, she's just moving out because that's it. So, um, yeah, that's that. I'm like, man, I, I hope I, I hope the neighbors that move in there are not like that. <laughs> not marching band members. Yeah. Which is what I got apparently living above me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. At least that's what it sounds like. Maybe they're yeah, watching the just, Eagles and they're acting out, you know, the, no the plays. Eagles have just gotten to the red zone in the preseason game in Cleveland. Yeah, maybe they're <laughs> act, acting out the plays. Boston Scott down on the <laughs> goal line. He's he's short. All right, they're ahead of me like a whole damn play. I'm ahead sorry. Of me. I, That's I funny though because that I always am ahead of you in the live commentary. But right. All right then. But this match, I wrote this match didn't <laughs> have any lulls. Like even no. with Kurt Angle getting the lion's share of the offense in. It was just like one thing after another. They just never stopped. <laughs> like it just there was never any slowdown. And Which I thought is it why was it didn't hit like the ten minute mark because there it was literally they did no so much stuff. Yeah, it probably felt like a twenty minute match watching it. And then it, Mysterio does the dive. You know, the referee trying to hold him off, and he goes yeah. back. And referee's ducking out the ring. Well, you okay? And then Rey Mysterio <laughs> jumps over him. It was. Flawless and it was incredible. And people, even though he had done that in WCW multiple times, people lost their minds still over that. They did. They did. Lost their minds in New York over that. <laughs> okay, those fans, by the way, there's a lot of marks in this crowd in, in Long Island. Okay, a lot of a lot of dirt sheet readers and smart fans in the crowd. Just gonna, you know, keep that for later. Uh, but again, Ramos, this match was just so much. Um. The crowd was just losing his mind. The false finish that came after the, the 619 in the West Coast pop, crazy. Mm. Okay. And then again, these marks, they were cheering for Kurt Angle as he made Rey Mysterio tap out. <laughs> like, they were yelling, like, you suck, but they wanted him to win more than everything. <laughs> right. So there's that. Um, but yeah, this match was dope. Like it it went by it like brisk pace. Yes. Brisk yes. pace, no, no slowing down. We get a lot of stuff in here. Rey Mysterio's gonna fly around. Curling was gonna do his thing, and that was great. It made, made Mysterio look good in the loss. Mm-hmm. Who's not only is he new, he's also a cruiserweight. Right. But here he is. He's hanging with the big boys. Apparently, you know this is where the big boys really play. I guess you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they had the cruiserweight title yet. So right, uh, Michael Cole said cruiserweight multiple times, and I, I don't remember when technically they introduced it, but it wasn't long after this. Couldn't right. Have been. Um, maybe it was 03, but no, I, I think it was 02 because okay. Matt Hardy defended it at WrestleMania in 03. That's true. Yeah, so I'd imagine they would yeah. have would have introduced it beforehand. Uh, um, it's very funny you, you talk about the match and how much the crowd was into it. You see the security guard in the front row across the hard cam, like multiple times, telling everyone to sit down. <laughs> and it just kind of made me laugh. I was like, man, when are we going to see a crowd like that again? That's 
you know, mm-hmm. even in AEW, you don't really see that that much um, compared to, you know, what we grew up with. But um, if any crowd that's not indie or WWE, AEW, you probably see right. that. Look, but security guards like, hey, 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 down, down, down. There's some stuff <laughs> happening in AEW. Interesting uh, stuff. On yeah. screen, off screen. There's <laughs> yeah. a lot going on in AEW right now. Uh, I, I kind of like it. want to watch if it. It's true. Yeah, no. <laughs> More. Like, if, like I even, watch it. Right. And even if it's true, I, I, I think you know, people come off looking bad, but that's kind of the business. When, when there's like, a level of reality to it, it just makes you yeah. want to watch it, right? Yeah. Even though you don't want the backstage strife, you don't want you know you. I think you'd rather we'd all rather have everybody getting along and in a harmonious relationships and stuff like that, but. Hey man, when things get messy, they still talking about the uh, the Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels stuff, <laughs> like, right. and yeah. they only, really only had like one big match together or two. I guess you count yeah. the screw job two as a second, but that's it. That's true. They didn't have like a whole bunch of matches one on one, like in the main event at least. They had two matches that I can recall at least, and one of those was the screw job. There's that, but yeah. um, but also all out, and and he got a whoa before all out. He got a title match next week. In AW unification, which is like okay. How about that? Where is this leading to? Because you know, all I'm gonna have something. Is there is is MJF on somewhere looming I in the mean, in the? I think it's a huge letdown if he doesn't. Well, it's up, only a letdown so. that we created. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, I mean, there's like, an opportunity there. I will say, like I think everybody would say, there's a would agree there's an opportunity there, yeah. but. You know, but it's just a little convenient. Like all this comes out, and then it's like, oh, MJF's due back soon. <laughs> it's like, wait, wait, wait. wait. Yeah, yeah I don't, <laughs> they yeah. didn't have any news about him like for months, and now all of a sudden it's like he's due back soon. It's like, oh, well, okay. Mm-hmm. After all this stuff with Punk and Hangman and interesting Punk stuff comes out, yeah, interesting so. stuff. It's probably like truth in there, maybe exaggerated, just because they know. Especially a the AEW audience is literally like everybody knows what's happening behind, or they they know they follow the dirt sheets. Maybe not as much WWE like when they bring their family to an event. Like I don't think parents really care if it's for kids or whatever. And then guys like us who go to the, like we know what's going on, but we kind of our expectations are so low <laughs> after you know decades of WWE um, that we just kind of don't care. As much, I guess, but when it's AEW, it's like, oh, yeah, here we go. That's the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's the good stuff right there. <laughs> you mean the good stuff. Well, I think especially because Pug's involved, so. Mm. Yeah, we'll see. It'll be interesting. It will be interesting at the very least. Yeah, we're not going to live commentate that, but I, I sure would feel like it. At like, It's so weird. Supposed to be it all out. Now it's like two weeks before. That's so weird. There's a lot going I don't know on. What's going on there? There's a lot going on here. <laughs> but I'm interested. Maybe that's, that's kind of all. The point, I guess. Huh? Maybe, yeah, exactly. Maybe that is the point. <laughs> We're moving on now to the SmackDown general manager, but our current co chief executive officer of WWE, ah. Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> that's funny but she's walking with the guy she's some guy with a 
a headset on, some production assistant. They don't pay <laughs> attention to this guy. But she's like, "Yeah, you go, you go tell Eric Bischoff to follow that." Which is like, what is? How is he supposed to deliver this message in reality? <laughs> He's gonna walk up to Bischoff and say, "Follow that." Yeah. From Stephanie. Not even from Stephanie. Just say, <laughs> follow that. Right. You tell snacks. him to follow that. He goes, hey, Eric, follow <laughs> that. <laughs> and walk off. That's weird. Yeah, That's man, really weird. Like, You're fired. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm your boss? <laughs> Too? I don't know. Damn. Oh, no. Dropped it. <laughs> She was looking. He was supposed to go look for Eric Bischoff. Turns out Bischoff was just hanging out in their office all of yeah. a sudden because yeah, she one office. She wasn't expecting that. She's like, "What are you doing here?" He's like, "Well, this is our office, so we're gonna be watching the show together." And off we go. Now with Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler, as they're getting us prepped for the next match, but not before <laughs> Jerry Lawler has a little slip up there and called the show SmackDown for some reason. <laughs> And now we're on to the raw portion of SmackDown. <laughs> and JR is, this is SummerSlam, pal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was funny. A very yeah. weird uh, slip up, but they were still kind of relatively new into the brand exception. So everyone is confused, apparently, <laughs> still. Yeah. Yeah, including Jim, or not Jim, I'm confused. <laughs> Jerry Lawler, Jim Ross is his partner. <laughs> and they are on the raw portion of the SmackDown commentating team. Right. <laughs> this is SummerSlam. Oh, <laughs> the raw JR. portion of SummerSlam. <laughs> the raw portion of SmackDown. Um, Jerry King Lawler also said that Flair was the dirtiest man in the game. <laughs> He's just a dirty, dirty man. <laughs> Not the dirtiest he player. He can relate. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, that's true. It takes one to know one. It takes one to know one. But not the dirtiest player, though. The dirtiest man. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of the, um, that like news blooper of the guy who's calling like a basketball game. It's like his first time ever doing newscasting. And he's like, and then he goes, boom, uh, goes the dynamite. <laughs> and then he goes, give the ball to the man. <laughs> give the ball to the man. <laughs> My dog even liked it. <laughs> he attacks. That's how he attacks himself. <laughs> he's just attacking his tail that way. He has he has behavioral problems. We, he's medicated, <laughs> and he's still acting like this. <laughs> you got to increase the dosage on this little guy. He's all right though. He's doing well. Yes. <laughs> he's just he's still adjusting <laughs> to uh, I don't know being a Still. being a dog. <laughs> he's still adjusting. He's getting along just fine though. <laughs> we move on to another just a match with just ma- big names in it. Just they just right. throwing out there in the second match on the card. We got Chris Jericho versus Ric Flair. Just just here. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean a good setup, you know, a good build. Chris Jericho apparently uh his band Fozzie appeared on, on Raw to do a concert after he attacks Flair and Flair comes out and beats up all of his equipment <laughs> while he's like bloody. I was like, ah, the Attitude Era. Yet 
the end of an attitude error, really. But it could have been worse. The buildup could have been worse. Right, that's that's good to know. <laughs> it could have been worse. Could it have been better too? Maybe. It's like why hasn't Jericho done a concert with Fozzy on Dynamite yet? That's a good question. Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. I do not. I mean, if we're just recreating everything he's done in his career, then why not that? I don't know. (laughs) That's a good question, though. I mean, aren't they still touring? Like, they got shows coming. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think they're coming to Philly at some point or coming close to here at some point. Like, that's what I heard. So, I'm like, sure to not go. (laughs) I would not be in attendance (laughs) for that. Thank you very much. Uh, But. Yeah, I don't J- know. JR flubbed on this, too. You would have thought was, that. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, not to quickly change the subject, but uh, talk about flubs with Jerry Lawler's flub. JR flubbed and said this was Flair's first appearance at SummerSlam. And he's wrong. He is wrong. Okay, because I noticed he said that, too. And I'm thinking, like, 92 yeah. was a year. Like, he wasn't he at was. SummerSlam 92? <laughs> and he appeared. Okay, he wrestle, but he he was on he was on the show. Oh, what well, is his first SummerSlam match? Yeah, but he didn't say that. He That's said fair. his appearance. It's his first, it's like SummerSlam in baseball, appearance. a plate appearance does not equal an at bat. So, oh, what 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 would constitute yeah. an at bat though? Uh, a ball in play. So whether oh. you strike out or if you strike out. So if like you ground out, that's an at bat. If you strike out, that's an at bat. If you walk, that's not an at bat. That's a plate appearance. Oh, so I did not know that. Yeah, technically, if you walk, it is not at that bat. Look at that! I just got some dropping, dropping jewels, dropping there gems. Go. There you go. Baseball web gems, even. That's right. Huh? Huh? You see what I did there? <laughs> I am the opposite of the Phillies' defense. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh no! Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> I'm down bad, man. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, it's been a rough time. Been a rough couple of days, but you know, they're getting together, right? Yeah, yeah. Gibson just struck out Brandon Nemo to, or Nemo, not Nemo. Not to, Nemo, uh, not finding Nemo. <laughs> not Nemo. To uh, start the game, so let's go, Phils. Let's go, man. They got time. <laughs> yeah, a whole month and change, so let's do it. Want some playoff yeah. baseball in October? We'll see. Still got some time to get there. That's the hope, right? <laughs> like, I, uh, obviously. Yeah. It might just be one game, but at least it's a playoff game. <laughs> <laughs> as far as the match, though, what was up with Ric Flair's music on this Peacock broadcast here? Notice, but. Uh, why? It was, was it like weird? his. It was his W. Is his early nineties. Uh, <laughs> WWF theme music, not the two thousand one Space Odyssey. <sighs> I didn't understand I no that. Idea, man. Maybe like, what? It's so inconsistent with his music on Peacock, and it's it like is. I don't understand it. They have the rights to his song. It's it's got to be like a copy that they did. Uh, maybe it's the DVD copy, and maybe they didn't have his new theme on there like i don't know like because something tells me that night like that wasn't the theme like did it sound dubbed over because i didn't even notice 
it what his theme on SummerSlam? Yeah. Yeah, it sounded Did like it sound- they it was his early nineties. It wasn't like no, it wasn't like that's what they used live. No. It clearly wasn't what they used live. I could tell it was dubbed yes, over. It was dubbed, yeah. I I don't know why they do that. It makes no sense. And Alec Bone just hit a three run home run in nice. the bottom of the first inning. Nice. I gotta get that Fransky call. <laughs> gotta get that Fransky call. Jeez. Need some of that Fransky call. You got any more of the Fransky calls, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I had to make a watermark for that one because WIP posted a, an actual post of the video that their Twitter used that was just my video. They did like the tweet video thing with my names like right at the bottom, mm. but in the in the article you can't see my name. Oh, no credit me at all. So it's very oh. frustrating. Oh, so when we're done okay. this, that's the first thing I'm gonna have to do. <laughs> the first thing I'm going to do. Get that. Well, I did it last night. I made you know a bunch of watermarks, and I first used them last night because the Phillies finally won a damn game um, against the Mets. So I'm gonna have to use it for that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I need go Phils. Calls. Yeah, yeah go Phils. Go Birds. Yeah, I mean. Go Birds. Okay. It's preseason. Yeah, go Birds. Let's go. Okay, sure. Let's go. Uh, this match, again, we talked about earlier as far as the differences between Raw and SmackDown and where Jericho, not Jericho's, Kurt Angle and Rey Mysterio's match is like nonstop action. This match, a little more traditional, right? Bigger names. Mm-hmm. But different styles. Not to say that Jericho and Flair was bad or Raw's matches were bad. They weren't. It's just that SmackDowns are just better, in my opinion. <laughs> like they were just doing more. They were. they were, yeah. So everything was good. It's just SmackDown was better. Um at one point Jericho dropped a forearm across Ric Flair's back from the top turnbuckle to the floor. And of course Flair sold the back very hard. And you know, oh God. Oh my back. Oh God. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> Um, no, nah, Flair is. Oh, they're replaying the uh, Spuds, <laughs> stopping Homeboy from ruining the shot. And then D- Big Dom soon after, like, <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, what you doing, big fella? <laughs> they probably saw my tweet. They're like, oh, yeah, that's good. Real <laughs> good stuff. It's good stuff right there. <laughs> um, at one point, Jericho locks in the figure four. Uh, and Flair gets to the ropes. At the same time, though, he tapped out. <laughs> It was that was so convoluted and ridiculous. It was stupid, and it wasn't even like, like the finish. Yeah, like he he very slowly reaching for the rope. He's literally like under it, and then right. he finally like it's like a muscle <laughs> right. spasm that made him grab the rope. And, and they showed the replay, it like and it was so like stupid. simultaneous. It's yeah. just like okay, and little Nate wasn't going to you know he wasn't going to stop the match. So no, I don't know why Jericho that even argued. Did he let go? I or don't know. did uh, little Nate make him? Oh, I don't remember. remember that. <laughs> I don't remember. We should we should look back. Nah. Uh, but in the end, Robinson got hit by Jericho at one point, which followed, <laughs> which allowed Flair to hit Jericho with a low blow because right. he's the dirtiest man in the game, the according to Jerry Lawler. <laughs> Flair got Jericho in the figure four, and Jericho tapped out. Ric Flair is your winner. Anything special from that match you noticed? Um. Don't know why Flair had a you know, win, but it is what it is. He, he I, same time, same thing. Why is Shawn Michaels coming back? Why the hell are they pushing Brock Lesnar to the moon? Why the hell is Ric Flair wrestling? 
in 2002, and then he wrestled for like another 10, 15 years. Like, what the <laughs> hell? He just had his last match like a few weeks ago. Like, what is going on here? I was just not interested at all in in any of that because I think, I mean, there were so many young guys too, so, but I couldn't feel, I don't know, I, I guess because I wanted them to be in the main event like right away, and I wanted like literally a new era of WWE to where I could what, put, turn on and see like different guys, not the same guys from WCW and, you know, WWF uh, all through the years. And like you had the undertaker, and just, nothing was hitting with me at this time. And I, I, I do think it wasn't all wrestling related. I, I mean, I was, you know, 16. Yeah, I was, I was 16 by the way, going into my senior year of high school. Isn't that crazy? Um, I would turn 17, you know, a month into it. But, yeah, I guess, you know, I was just, like, over the same old, same old in wrestling. And uh, Ric Flair wrestling just was another same old, same old. I'm just, like, fair. done with it. That's fair. So. I mean, Ric Flair could, could at least, he didn't look terrible in the ring. Yes, he was older. Yeah, I mean, compared to, you know, like, right. even in TNA, like, he, he actually looked not bad in this run. Even in... You know, 2003, 2004, would he be wrestling? Like, those were actually, like, not terrible. Things, right. But. He could still get it done for the most part. Yeah. And we hadn't really had a real lengthy proper run with him in WWE. So maybe that was part of the allure, mm-hmm. too. His mm-hmm. real runs. I mean, he had a run in WWF, but it wasn't like, right. it was like a year and change. Like, right. it wasn't. Not even a year. Right. Well, yeah, a little over a year. But, but still, it yeah. wasn't like a full-fledged run when he, you know, was right. on the road, you know. Uh, for a long period of time. So this was like it. He probably should have retired before he even actually technically did, I guess, in 2008. Probably should have retired before that. But, of course, that would have been... Even 2008 would have been fine if he sat down and said, yeah, I'm done now. that was a great send-off, too. Yeah. Like, the send-off itself awesome. was great, but it was the timing was late 50s yeah. at that point. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Still got more in me. And I'm I'm pretty sure he's thinking about he's he's thought about coming back even after the uh the retirement match. I'm willing to bet it's run through his mind. Yeah. He needs one more big match at WrestleMania. <laughs> oh boy. I don't think can uh, WWE, would WWE give it to him? I hope not. Um I don't think so at all. I don't, I don't think, think so Triple either. Would, but you do Sting and Ric Flair at WrestleMania. It's, Sting and Ric Flair, what? Get AEW to loan you Sting. What? (laughs) Loan you Sting? (laughs) Or bring back Hulk Hogan and do Hulk versus Flair at WrestleMania finally, 2023. Oh, my God. Better not do it at the Philly WrestleMania. (laughs) 74-year-old Ric Flair. That better not be on the docket for 2024. That's all I'm saying. I doubt it will be. I mean, you got to hope these guys can, like, walk at that point. (laughs) I'm dead serious. That's not even like uh, a. Uh, you're right, you're right. I'm not even like trying to make fun. It's just like you see Ric Flair in the ring. Yeah. Okay, a couple weeks ago, and then nothing like a man who's like, I got one more or two more. In me. Like at least his body. He said, he's saying that in his mind. His body is telling him no, though. He passed out twice. According to him, yeah. Not once. Yeah. Twice in that match. So yeah, I'm good, bro. I, you know, like. Rick was cool and all, <laughs> but like, I'm okay at this point. I'm all right, man. You can just sit down. 
<laughs> you could just sit down, bro. Nobody's asking yourself. for it, man. Nobody is asking for it. No. No. Promoters are. That's the problem. <sighs> Promoters are like, yeah. They just, <laughs> like, they're like, yeah, it'll make me a buck. Peop- yeah, exactly. Exactly. It'll make a buck. So, Literally a buck. Um, <laughs> It looked like they made more than that in in uh, Nashville yeah, with uh with Conrad and them. Like they made a little more than a buck that night. Yeah, I'm just saying. But enough about Ric Flair. It's time to move on. We're backstage with Brock Lesnar, who's with his hype man, Paul Heyman. Did you see that, Brock? Did you see that? Hulk Hogan. It's 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 like when a musician dies. And the record labels released the best of, the best of Hulk Hogan. Why? Because his career is dead. Dead at the hands of you, Brock Lesnar. Tonight, it's the same thing with The Rock's title reign, okay? You gotta take this guy out. You gotta murder his title reign. Why? Because he's He's different. He's the Brahma Bull. He's the people's champ. He's the rock. You're already inside his head. You're inside his head. Half the battle is won. Make no mistake about it. This guy's driven. This guy's going to come at you with everything he's got. He feels like he is almost the challenger. Like he's the underdog. Take advantage of it. Hit him. Hit him hard. Take him out early. And we leave tonight the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. You are the next big thing. And tonight, the next big thing will arrive. A lot of grunting. Brock is just breathing heavy. (laughs) 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 Yeah. (laughs) I like these words you're saying to me. That's what Brock was in that promo. If you you couldn't tell. (laughs) He's enjoying himself, apparently. Hearing Paul Hammond hyping him up. But we move on from that. We're back with Michael Cole. Where he mentioned that people were watching from all over the world, and Taz said, "Hey, shout out to Red Hook. Red Hook is wa- Red Hook Brooklyn is watching too." And it got reminded me that I watched Taz's appearance in the RJ City show. Hey, EW, and he talked about how he said Red Hook in Brooklyn is so gentrified now that it kills the gimmick. <laughs> like it, it used to be this tough place, but it ain't no more. You know. By the way, gentrification can suck in a lot of ways because it displaces a lot of people of color. So, there's that. A lot of that happening in Philly right now. Moving on from that, we're going to another batch of Hall of Famers. Eddie Guerrero going against Edge. Again, just here. Just hanging out on the card. It's on the card. (laughs) No big deal about it. Can you imagine if Eddie Guerrero was still with us if he was re- he would be wrestling right now the way Edge is the way Christian is he was a little older su- than those guys I don't know maybe it's possible yeah but he's, he's a little older but even you know 2010 to 2015 ish maybe like the, it would just been like so much better with Eddie here I mean yeah overall would have been good stuff he would have been good hell of a heel manager or even a babyface manager. I don't know if many people would boo him, but he definitely would have uh, been great in the wrestling industry today, either as a coach or on screen. So yeah. one of those timeless, you know, guys in the wrestling business. 
yeah i mean eddie and there's a lot of guys who gone too soon owen hart i would put yeah. mr perfect in that category two yep. guys who their loss wasn't just a loss you know obviously it's more important to their families and uh you know their loved ones that that it was a loss to them most you know first and foremost but you know the not just the fans too who lost it's also the next generation of talent who lost those guys who could have learned from them so it was just you know it's a massive hole from you know wrestling wise and of course obviously and most importantly uh loved ones and fa- friends and family you know we all lost yeah. losing guys like Eddie Guerrero mm-hmm. you know unfortunately um and lucky yeah. for us this was he had just been re-signed by WWE not long yeah not, not long before this so he's back yeah <laughs> this is like one of his uh is this his first pay-per-view back uh, I don't know I think he was back in like April or May I don't know if he was on pay-per-views but uh I don't know yeah I really don't know because he was on Raw um and then right. got moved to SmackDown I think this is like that could yeah. be the SmackDown match so he had already been going back and forth so yeah I don't know how long he had been back but uh couldn't tell you I mean I guess I could go to <laughs> Google right now but <laughs> as we're recording but I'm not going to <laughs> I'm not going to <laughs> and that's that that's all I got to say about that <laughs> oh man Gardner Minshew almost got picked off and yeah, taken was, to the house. That was that was ugly. Yikes! That could have ended very poorly. They had two guys that could have picked him off in the area that just jumped that route. Yeah, that could have. That was that's a little scary. That's a little scary now. <laughs> Thank God it's preseason. <laughs> it's a little scary now. All right, now <laughs> go crazy throwing those pick sixes now. From inside the red zone and plus territory, as they would say, you know, as the coaches would say out there, the analysts, plus territory. So you don't want that. That's not good at all. What was good, though, is this match between Eddie Guerrero and Edge. We got Edge with his Rob Zombie music, but we don't have Flair's music on here. It just just doesn't make any sense. uh, You would think if any song would get edited out, it would be a Rob Zombie song. But Maybe he just didn't care. Maybe, Maybe you it's just don't not care. License or something for use. On Get your money though, peacock. Rob Zombie. <laughs> Get your money though. Don't leave none, none, none of that on the table for sure. what? Sure. <laughs> exactly. I'll be all right. <laughs> uh, this match again, firmly in the middle of the card, but with another pair of Hall of Famers. And I noted here that the first three matches had were one-on-one matches where both sides were Hall of Famers. How about that? How about that? So, that's crazy. The next match have, is a tag team match. You know, future Hall of Famers up and down the rest of the card, too. <laughs> yeah. That aren't already. Right. Like I mean, yeah, I said I said Hall of Famers, knowing that Mysterio and Jericho aren't already in yet. Right, right, right. right, right. They're going to get in, though. See, like, I didn't even think about ourselves. that. I was just thinking Kurt Angle and then, uh, Ric Flair. I didn't even think about Jericho and Mysterio, but clearly... You said that, right? So they're 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 going to get in, they're going to get in. You know, they'll, I'm they'll thinking in, in my mind, The Rock and Brock clearly are going to be in. But right, uh, there's a lot of people on this show that's going to yeah. be in. Triple H is going to be in one day. Yeah, uh, it, like sometimes it slips my mind that he's not already in. Right, that's, I think you know. Christian will get in one day. <laughs> he he has, uh, at some point. 
Uh, I don't know about Lance Storm. Tess, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace of Tess. Undertaker's already in. Uh, Benoit would never, ever get in, nor mm-hmm. should he ever, ever yeah. get in. No. Rob Van Dam is in, though. He is. So he, is. he just went in, I think, earlier this year, right? Or maybe was it last year? Yeah, maybe last year. This year, last year. And uh, Goldust could. Goldust is going to get in. himself in there. Yeah, yeah he's going to get in there eventually. So, yeah, this is a show just chock full of Hall of Famers because that's what the roster was at that, at that point. They were everywhere. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but Edge, he uh, got hit with a flying armbar at one point from Eddie Guerrero. And that helped Eddie Guerrero work on Ed- Edge's injured shoulder for the majority of the match. Uh, at one point, Edge suplexed Eddie from inside the ring, outside of the ring. That was kind of wild. Yeah, that was you didn't see that often. No, you always see saw a tease, but you know, I think I maybe did saw it. that happen a handful of times in my life. So when it happened, I saw it. Watching this back, however many years after this it was, when I got the DVD to, you know, for my collection, um, <laughs> and I saw that, I was like, damn. <laughs> Just like they, yeah. you know, when. And Eddie was the perfect one to do that. I think I, I think he did that multiple times. So he always knew like how to sell that and how to help yeah, how to take the talent. Up, yeah. You know, yeah, exactly, exactly. Crazy how to take it. Yep. Uh, Eddie tried a frog splash at one point, but Edge countered and then hit the education execution. I should say not the education, the execution. <laughs> <laughs> Get your education, y'all, so you can learn how to read. Unlike me. <laughs> Uh, Eddie kicked out of the execution, though. Oh, no. It's the first person to ever kick out of the execution, I guess, according to Michael Cole. Has anybody ever kicked out of the execution? My God. I mean, you guys should know. Like, you're at every show. Yeah, every show. And it doesn't matter. Eddie going to lose anyway. He got hit with with a spear and lost. (laughs) So there's that. Move on from that. We get a commercial. For WWE and about how their season never ends and how confrontations are settled face to face. And, you know, you see something like this piece of propaganda like this. You know, they're talking to something specific. They're talking about something specific. Uh oh. And at the time, I did not know. But I did figure it out later. I did figure it out later. But at this point, and it's, it's weird that Howard Fink will help me figure it out. Uh, of all people. Uh, thanks, Fink. Rest in peace to you as well. Um, but yeah, I was like, what the hell is this about? Because this is, I'm, for one, I don't remember seeing this when I was a kid. Like, you it certainly remember. is a dog-eat-dog world, isn't it? Especially <laughs> when you've got the puppies. Nick. Oh, my God. No, don't do it, Nick. Don't play the rest and of this, please. I've no. got my wiener. Oh, my God. Oh, my this. God. <laughs> what does that mean? I'm yes, sick. you do, Howie. Oh, Lord. <laughs> JR, I'm sick. <laughs> Is that how he you? I'm going it to out? vomit. No, that not that specific mean? part. Oh, not that specific part. There's a different part of that promo where he helped me figure it out. You well, now I don't have to play it later. You played by far the worst part of that promo. Um, so yeah, uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll I'll clue everybody in as to what I think this is about because this is like this is pointed. But you know, not WWF is where they do the commercials. And they're talking about something that's happening in reality. And uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll touch on it. But we then see the Un-Americans, Lance Storm, Christian, and Tess backstage with Jonathan Coachman before they defend their world tag team titles against Booker T and Goldust. Uh, the it's Un-Americans. a very funny promo that I'm going to play because I enjoyed okay. the hell out of it. Well, a lot of people are wondering, who are these Un-Americans? Why are they here? 
We've seen him for years, JR. <laughs> I love the beginning of this. That's a legit gripe. This is yep. That's a, that's a legit gripe, Christian. You're right. America sucks. <laughs> yep, that's the promo right there. But the un-Americans, Mm-mm-mm-mm. with like Jr. said, with their upside-down American flags on their T-shirts, which again, obviously, is meant to upset a lot of people. But it, the timing couldn't have been worse for these three guys, <laughs> and, and, and I guess Regal too. But he didn't care, honestly. Uh, this was after 9-11, obviously. Yeah. So patriotism was just skyrocketed after this, obviously. And it's still, I think, a lot of the, the nationalism and the patriotism you see today and how, like, people just wrap themselves up in all the patriotism, I think it tr- you can trace it back to 9-11 as to where it kind of increased by a lot, right? Mm-hmm. We, we, you know, we were alive for that. We all witnessed it and yeah. definitely saw an increase after that. And you also saw an increase in xenophobia towards brown people. But, you know, I digress. Uh, but this was the type of heat, though. None of these guys wanted. Like, Vince put these guys in legit danger. Like, he yeah. thought Sergeant Slaughter being an Iraqi sympathizer was bad. <laughs> okay? Yeah. That stuff, none of the stuff that happened with Iraq happened on our soil. This happened, 9-11 happened here. That, that and really, like embolden some folks like we got to protect ourselves now they could they could have really hurt themselves mm-hmm. <laughs> playing around yep. people at this point okay fortunately they were white so i guess people didn't care that much <laughs> you know if they were brown whoa oh boy they would have took them off tv like muhammad hassan yep okay <laughs> all right but i understand though like the only one again of this group that was here for it all was William Regal because he just doesn't care. He's a fearless man. <laughs> he f- apparently fears nothing. Okay. But I understand it's trying to stay away from this type of heat. There's a heat that you know people aren't going to like. There's a heat where you know like you can be in harm's way. But this was a little deeper than just harm's way. Like this was deep rooted feelings about this. And w- it is Vince McMahon and WWF just ready to exploit it somehow. Mm-hmm. There's some real pain attached to this type of stuff. For some people. Obviously, some people died and family members died. 
So it was real pain attached to this for yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. So I can understand that all three of these guys who also they lived, I think they lived in the States at the time. You know, it's like, yo, I don't want this type of heat. I don't want people running up to, on me on the street like like that. <laughs> like, you know, like I, I'll take the heat in the arena. But when I'm out in the street, I ain't got time. OK. Yeah. You know, because this is this is more than just like. I guess a, ba- a heel beating up a baby face type of heat like that's the type of heat you shouldn't run away from. Mm-hmm. This one is like I, you're exploiting a national tragedy. And you're putting targets on the people's backs who had nothing to do with it, by the way. And, like, these guys were behind anything. Yeah, I think they were trying to maybe recreate 1997 with Bret Hart and the Hart Foundation. But it, after 9-11, I mean, that wasn't going to fly in, in this uh, specific instance. Because uh, I don't know if waiting a few years would have worked or not, but... To me, that's why I was kind of annoyed. You know, you know, I still paid attention to wrestling. I, when I said earlier, like I was like on a sabbatical, I was still keeping up with certain news and characters and stuff. And so the Un-Americans, I was like, oh god, like really, like that's so stupid. And it just reminded me of the 1997 Heart Foundation because it was the whole Canada thing. So I don't know if Vince was trying to think it was different because of that. It's like, oh, it's not like Sergeant Slaughter because. Uh, you know, these are Canadians, and it's just like Bret Hart was. It's like, man, no, Bret Hart and the Hart Foundation was like lightning in a bottle. <laughs> you know, like right. you can't recreate that. And also, you know, this name was trash. Un-Americans. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what? Is that creative genius y'all was talking about, boy? <laughs> Vince McMahon. Exactly. I got a name. <laughs> How about this? Un-Americans. <laughs> We're Americans. You are. Not anti-Americans, <laughs> yeah. the un-Americans. <laughs> Go out there and get that heat, guys. Go ahead. <laughs> Fan those flames. Yeah, that's rough, bro. That's real weird. Also, this match itself, again, World Tag Team Titles, is going to be Christian and Lance Storm. His test is he got a match later on against The Undertaker. Christian and Lance Storm versus Booker T and Goldust. Yes, Booker T and Goldust. Is the representation for the United States in this in this instance. <laughs> we got Goldust, who is a character that would not be liked by most Americans. Because, <laughs> well, now I say, well, I don't know about most, okay? I don't want to paint that, that with that broad of a brush. But there are a lot of people here who are homophobic, who are transphobic, and just overall phobic to anything that they're not used to or comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So, there are a lot of people out there who are like that. Again, I don't want to say most. That's the wrong term. Right? I take that back. But it's a lot of people. Okay? Then you got Booker T, who was put in jail by the country he was representing. <laughs> right? Surely, he was guilty. He did that. He robbed them Wendy's. Okay? <laughs> hey, he did it. We all know he did it. He admitted it. But I doubt the country went out of his way to help him once after he got out. Not to mention... His whole immediate family grew up in poverty, <laughs> like especially after his mom died. So what what did the country do for him once his family died, once his p- parents died? Not a damn thing. That's why he was robbing Wendy's. So it's just, I don't know. I don't have to think this deep about it. It's not that deep, clearly. It's just wrestling. They didn't even win this match. <laughs> but it's also a microcosm of society. Like people, everyone says they want a diversion from real life. But I mean, what exactly does wrestling 
do to cause like a diversion in real life when they institute these types of stories and yeah. characters like how how do you get away from that like that is real life you know like how that's the thing that you know you try and stay away from you know i i was weary about rusev doing the russian gimmick what now it was eight years ago nine years uh Damn, eight, yeah. seven years like, ago yeah it's like 2014 into yeah, 15 so you know we're at a time where you know we're we should be past that in, in terms of wrestling characters or at least if you're going to be pro you know pro a different country you don't have to be anti-american and, and do and just talk bad about that just be like pro you're like i don't know even it's still like weird to me you know to do it nowadays so maybe don't even do that <laughs> don't even be a pro country because you know the reaction you're going to get from american crowds even though it's the reaction that you want it's probably not the reaction that paints the best light in, in real life situations right now so i don't know there's really no answer to it because promoters are going to do that yeah no i don't what so. but i don't understand the need for the patriotism angle especially if you're a a company that's viewed all over the world you got fans in these countries you're antagonizing <laughs> like I, I just I've just never understood why at least anymore like back in the day I got it like you had to find a way to get people into the stands we're at war with Germany back in World War Two we're you know Cold War with the Russians in the 80s and it's very regional now everybody's watching this so the people that are watching this are American for the most part and they're going to cheer for the American but now if you're a world wrestling entertainment and you're viewed in right. how many countries and how many different languages you got fans there now why are they always the enemy? <laughs> like, yeah. why is the Asian, the the brown person, the uh, even the Europeans, Germans, Russians, why are they the villain? When they're they got you got fans there. <laughs> like, yeah, heel versus heel for the IC title, Guthrie and uh, Sheamus. It's like, why are they both heels? Why can't one of them be a good guy? <laughs> like, and they're foreigners. I don't get it. I don't get they it. can't be good guys, bro. They're not from here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> That's the rule. I mean, I, I do like thumb. the heel character, but I mean, it's like, geez. At some point, why don't you have a good guy that is high off the card? No, you know is. the rule. If you're not from the United States, you are in heel territory they off have, top. You know, Drew McIntyre is <laughs> was he the only one, the only baby he was, face. That, he was a baby a heel spot. when he first came up with yeah. the Scottish flags and his, and his trunks, yeah. right? The, future, the, uh, the chosen one, that was a heel. I don't know if he specifically was like Scott. Scotland is better, though, <laughs> you know, type of thing. <laughs> right. But you know, still a heel. You know. Um, <laughs> this match though, not much to really uh, eh. see with this match. No. Except Booker T's hot tag. <laughs> Booker T's hot tag was dope. I'll give I'll give him credit for that. Yeah, but, I remember seeing Booker and Goldust's tag team. I'm like, what are they doing? Like everything wrestling was annoying <laughs> to me. I was like, what the hell the is hell? this? But it was one of the most entertaining things looking back. It's like, I get it. You can't have the same guy at the top all the time. But Booker went from like a few with so called Steve Austin, and then I see him with like a tag team of Goldust. It's like, come on. <laughs> yeah, things but, dramatically changed. Yeah. When you go from the previous year SummerSlam, Booker T is main eventing with right. The Rock. Right? With In the main event. Gold belt on the line. In the main event with The Rock in his first match back, 
Now he's in a World Tag Team title match with Goldust as his partner going against the Un-Americans. That sounds like not money. But <laughs> on the surface, it sounds like it. But Booker T and Goldust really worked really well. So go figure. Sometimes <laughs> Vince gets it right. <laughs> like Sometimes. Even the blind squirrels will find a nut here and there. Even though it might not even deserved it. <laughs> but <laughs> nope. It just, it just fell on top of his head. But hey, it gets it gets his nut every now and then. Well. Speaking of his genius. I don't think, what are we speaking next, of? I don't think the next segment was very genius. Oh. Yeah. That was bad. <laughs> that was bad. Because we then go. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't go to I the world believe nightclub. That. I, I still can't believe. It. Like, yeah, oh my god. This is the thing that happened, people. This is the thing that happened. So let's break this down. We're at the I, World Nightclub because remember, <laughs> WWF New York. They have people who aren't on the shows. They go to New York and hang out with the fans. Remember, big show at WrestleMania in, <laughs> yeah. in 2002 in, in, in Toronto. Yeah, woo WrestleMania. That's like the iconic one that everybody points to on Twitter for some reason. I don't know why that's the one that stuck out. And also remember it like it was yesterday as well. Like as much as everybody else does. Maybe because Big Show was so huge amongst the people. Probably. And also he was Big Show. He shouldn't have been there. Like right. he should be like in a better <laughs> position. That's how bad that down bad he was by O two. It's like he, he was in the wrong country. Like what the Right. Hell? Like what are you doing here? In the wrong country. Like what are you doing here? Like so they they kept they've kept that up over the years, right? Here we are, two thousand two, they're still doing it. Oh, that was only a couple months prior to this, but here we are again. World Nightclub now. It's not WWF New York anymore. And who do they send up there to hang out with the people this time? Jamie Noble and his was she was his girlfriend, right? Yeah. <laughs> Nydia. Yeah. And what are they talking about? There you go. Nydia. Apparently, they were hosting a makeout contest. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. A makeout contest. Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. That's what we're this talking about. King? <laughs> That's what we're talking about. This year, King? <laughs> Hold up. Uh, A makeout contest. For one, just in reality terms, right? Forget wrestling. What the hell is a makeout contest? It also sounds like a great way to spread diseases. A great way. Like a, if you want to find a great way to spread like mono and monkeypox stuff like that, have a makeout contest. Okay, that's a bad idea. I mean, I guess we're more you know conscious of these things today, but yeah. back in two thousand two, still bad, right? Two, you're doing this with stranger. What? Right. Wait, wait a second, bro. We got Nydia, who apparently was her character is that she will just kiss anybody. And Jamie Noble's cheering her on. She picks a guy. These two guys who I've, I'm sure were plants. Yeah. Okay, they didn't look like normal fans. <laughs> what does a normal fan look like? <laughs> Not these guys. Okay, you know what normal fans look like. Okay, these two guys look like they were actors. Absolutely. They didn't look like normal people. They were acting. Okay. Okay. She picks one guy. The other guy leaves. And she just jumps on the guy that she chose immediately. Oh, it's live, Al. There's a couch conveniently there. Right. He's on his back. Nydia's on top of him. She likes to. She likes. She likes to be in control. Looks like here. 
she's making out with him with just it just doesn't look attractive though oh hey take it easy whoa watch out there now watch out but this makeout session is not 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 hitting it bro it looks really bad it does even worse you got jamie noble on the on the microphone yeah get in there go get her yeah wow like, what kind of what scene are we showing here? What are we doing here? This is why no one was surprised when he heard Vince was paying people for sex and paying uh was a sexual deviant around his company. No one was surprised by this because we've watched World Wrestling Entertainment for decades and we know how much of a hornball this guy is. Even for stuff that does not involve him, we gotta have some type of sex on the show. Mind you, this is the first woman's upon, like appearance on the show. Like, yeah, yeah, you're right. This is yep. the first woman. We, oh, outside of Stephanie, I will say that we got Stephanie. Yeah. But then Nydia, it's complete opposite. Stephanie's power. She got the power suit on. She's in control, telling people what to do, like a boss. And then we got Nydia. <laughs> it's the opposite of the spectrum. What? Yeah. Man, you talk about all the stories that would be written if they tried to some, do something like this today. The makeout mm-hmm. contest. Mm-hmm. What was this? And then, like I said, Jamie Noble. Go and get her. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bischoff, when they come back, you know that idiot, she really knows her place in the business. Oh. What? Oh my God. This is her place? She knows her place in the business. One, when you say knows someone's place, they know their place. The context almost doesn't matter. <laughs> like no. they know their place. No. And how does Stephanie respond? So women in this business are like herself, on top. Another sexual innuendo. There you go. You gotta have it. There's no. There's no, you know, it's 2002 WWE. Like, it's not... Look, Vince wanted his any, daughter to say that. Yeah, exactly. It's not, you know, a, a hidden message. It's not, you know, like, you know, yeah, women really are on top. No, it's 2002 WWE. Vince made, you know, that line for a reason. Yeah. <sighs> this is weird. This it's is super weird. weird. The makeout contest. Very weird. This is not something they replay from like remember the great times even like the ruthless aggr- ruthless aggression i i haven't watched the documentary on the Ru- ruthless aggression era which we are firmly in in 2002 uh at this point but i would venture to guess this is on there but that's my that's my guess i haven't seen it i don't think so if i'm wwe this this doesn't see the light of day anymore i'm burning this yeah oh no 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 you're not gonna see this no 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 Okay, so there's that. But moving on, it is now time for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. It is Chris Benoit defending a blurred out Intercontinental Championship against Rob Van Dam. You're probably like a blurred out. What do you mean? Well, the the title apparently still had a WWF logo on it. So it is blurred out on Peacock right now. Oh my God, that's so bad. I don't know if you noticed that. You, I guess oh, you did. Oh, I, did, I didn't. Um, 
You know, it's funny when we started doing the deep dives, I would pay attention to little, literally everything, but as it became very exhausting, but uh, so like my notes are different now than when we started. And uh, so I, especially things that I, even if I didn't see it, uh, pay extra close attention to it, like in this specific pay-per-view, but I did not notice the logo being blurred out. That was That's so stupid. Especially because they say WWF now without blurring it out. So whatever they changed their name to WWE and like edited everything that had WWF in it, even like promos and stuff, whatever they did to SummerSlam 2002 is what's on Peacock right now. Because they probably blurred out logos too that I didn't even know. But this was right after they changed their name, like a few months after they changed to WWE and... I remember them blurring logos and stuff. Uh, you know, lo- thankfully they don't do that anymore. But like, again, whatever they, whenever they edited this show, is what they put on Peacock and uploaded. And it's just so with the blurs and everything, it's so stupid. And it's so funny when you have the closed caption on and they say World Wrestling Federation, it always says World Wrestling Entertainment. It just cracks me up. Like they even make sure that the federation is replaced with entertainment. Closed caption. This is so funny, but so stupid at the same time. Hey man, can't leave no room for a lawsuit. <laughs> Get it like, out. That's why I thought a few years ago they came up with a deal where you know they don't have to blur and do all that. And I mean, it's fine. So I don't know why they just don't re-edit some of these old shows to upload them. But I guess it doesn't matter. It's not exactly high on the priority list. I get that, but I mean, clearly, <laughs> why are we seeing blurs in twenty twenty two on these yeah. things? Like, come on. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it either. But they just maybe because it's on Benoit and hoping just like don't we're not we're not even bothering, <laughs> you know? Like it's true. It's on Benoit. We don't. We we'll, we, we'll take the blur off the care. belt. Take the blur off the belt, put it on, <laughs> put it on him. Yeah. The, whole, the whole match. I'd, I'd be okay with that. Honestly. I'd be okay with that. <laughs> Just blur his face out. Put like a. What were they thinking about doing with uh, Christian? Like putting a dot over the his dot, face at yeah, some point? Blue dot or green dot or whatever. Which is like he's supposed to be just ugly. I'm like, <laughs> what is wrong with Vince McMahon? You thought Christian was just ugly? Like, I'm sure Christian is a happily married man. Okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's still married. But if he wasn't. You better believe Christian would be out here getting hosed. <laughs> you wild? You better believe it. All right? But again, he's happily married, I, I, I'm pretty sure. So no hose for him. <laughs> no hose for Christian. <laughs> so, but yes, we move on into this match, the IC title match. Even though that, you know, the IC title was a raw title Benoit was a member of Smackdown now so you knew how this outcome how the outcome of this match is going to go because RVD is a raw superstar who do you think is going to win here you know get raw the title back I don't know man Uh, Benoit by the way was also just recently returning from injury he had a neck injury that cost him most of 2001 (laughs) yeah pretty much just honestly fortunate him triple h weren't part of it either so that that was very interesting he was out with the quad injury um yeah that was a rough time man (laughs) (laughs) that was a rough time in our lives 
and it chased you away for a little bit. It was so rough. You just like I'm done. This is this is it. I'm not watching Just Incredible versus Tajiri. <laughs> it just wasn't what you was watching. You you weren't into it. But back into this match. <laughs> this is another one that kind of makes you go. This happened like. Right. Benoit and RVD had no idea, and I put that Vince had he's had, well he had because he's no longer doing it, but. Two periods of time where he was just pulling dream matches out of his ass. <laughs> and this was kind of one of them. You know, Benoit, obviously, you know, should not be idolized. But, like, we still got Flair versus Jericho or Rey Mysterio versus Kurt Angle. In the opener, we got Eddie Guerrero versus Edge. And instead of realizing how much talent, you know, he just didn't even realize. I mean, obviously, these weren't probably dream matches at the time because... Correct. People like Edge, even Eddie Correct. Guerrero, they're still building their star power, right? Mm-hmm. They're still on the ascent. Yep. But, and man. Even for me as a fan, I was just like, oh, Edge and Eddie right. doesn't do anything for me. Just another match on the yep. card. Yep. You know what I'm saying? You can't anticipate where Edge is going to be five years from then, which is like in the main events, winning world titles, and about to main event WrestleMania in 2008. And even but, Eddie, who uh, I was familiar yeah. with his WCW work and obviously his early WWF work, but... You know, when you're taking a sabbatical and you're only paying attention to certain things, oh, Edge versus Eddie Guerrero, that doesn't jump off right. the paper to you. It doesn't jump off the computer now, screen to me when I'm on the message boards. And Nowadays, it's just like, that, oh, that I will that go out happened. of my way. Yeah, I will go out of my, out of my oh, way wait to a watch second. Oh, here it is in the middle of this card in 2002, that, and really not that many people cared. It's like, right. it's kind of odd, <laughs> you know? But that's the type of embarrassment of riches that they had on this roster in 2002 where they just had matches and you're just like oh and but it was just another match just mm-hmm. another match yep. uh benoit focused on rvd's arm during the match uh which allowed rvd to sell his ass off which is what he was doing <laughs> the whole time uh rvd got benoit in a crossface for like 10 seconds that was interesting uh but rvd won with a reverse he bought he, he reversed a backdrop from the top rope so benoit was trying to backdrop rvd from the top rope RVD was able to counter and land on top of of Benoit. He then got to the top rope again, but this time hit a five-star frog splash and won back the so Intercontinental Championship so for Raw. Such a pretty frog splash. It among is. Among the best. It's among it, the top three. Especially when Benoit is like laying completely opposite the way like you usually see people jump off the ropes for like a splash and the way Rob Van Dam works his body in midair yeah. i love that he man. turned his body in midair which is really cool just, just adjusted he does that yeah he just adjusted the the trajectory i think of his he body. i think because that's happened a lot in his matches i think he really wants to do that i think that's that's not like by accident like i think he's like you know uh just roll like sit or lay down this way that way i can like turn while i'm in the air it looks like, really cool though yeah i think he i think it's like rvd wanting to do that when you see the slow-mo of him turning <laughs> his body in the air it looks like kind of like something out of a movie, like a movie yeah. stunt. Like it looks really cool. It is. <laughs> like, it is. That's, I can't even. And you it. don't see it, you know. Uh, uh, I mean, for, for years we we didn't see it, oh. even at Eddie's matches, Delo's matches. It, it were always, you know, a certain frog, frog splash, which were beautiful. But uh, Rob Van Dam's the only one I remember that torques his body like that as the Browns score a touchdown. It's a bummer. Yeah, yeah, but that was that was dope. That was dope frog splash, and this was a good match. This is a good match. Again, just smack in the middle of the card here. RVD yeah. wins 
which means the title is going back to Raw. Yeah. Raw G- Raw's GM, Eric Bischoff, is rubbing it in <laughs> Stephanie's face after the match. Yeah, we got that thing back. What's up? And then Stephanie said, ha, 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 and then left. <laughs> Evil woman laugh. <laughs> I got that she as don't a laugh now. like that in real life. I got that as a clip now. That's weird. How creepy is that? It's very creepy. <laughs> like, that was actually, I mean, well done by Stephanie. She wanted it to sound like that. She, that's where her attention was. It, was, it worked. It worked. <laughs> but that's probably because she laughed like that, probably because she knew that Brock was going to go to SmackDown right, at some point. Right, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so she's going to get the biggest coup of them all, the biggest surprise, which is Brock. And then she will also bring over the U.S. title, too. So cause remember, this is the time where the yeah. U.S. title did not exist in WWE. The right. IC title was the only mid-card title. I guess the European title may, be, may have been around. Um, I don't even remember. Like It probably wasn't. I yeah. could, it could be wrong that it, if it was or was not around because they got rid of those titles not long after the brand extension, mm-hmm. which is like, why would you go to less titles when you have two shows? But all right. <laughs> okay. And they wound up replacing them anyway with different titles. But hey, I, I'd prefer the US title. It's a nice, it's a great title if, you know, used right. Um, but yeah, that's that. Yeah. <laughs> and we move on again <laughs> to another one that's just like here The Undertaker versus Test. May he rest in peace. <laughs> Pretty much. Undertaker, no, he I was... Mean, that was bad timing by me. I, <laughs> I, mean, I didn't mean Tess to rest in peace. To land oh, yeah. Like I, that was poor that timing. Was timing so. That was poor timing. Rest in peace to Tess. That wasn't meant... That clip wasn't meant for that, but... Yes, no, it was not. It was just meant for this dumb Undertaker character that I didn't Yeah, like, but who whatever. was like the most evil person in the world like six months earlier. Remember when he was doing <laughs> the Ric Flair? Yeah, and this is tortured that man. I guess this is when we started really finding out. Oh, Undertaker pro US, all this stuff because Tess was an American and all that. And right. It was just funny because he was big evil, but because he I mean, likes America, he's cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just, yeah, he had lost his title to The Rock. You know, the previous month. Right. Um, what was that? A triple threat, right? So it's yeah. like okay, and now like he's coming out of it doing this i was just so like uninterested in the undertaker at this time yeah you like look at everything 02, else <laughs> even into oh three undertaker didn't do a ton after this point like like you said he won the title in oh two he beat hulk hogan he had the triple threat at vengeance and then like what else did he do in oh two he had the brock stuff i'll take it back he had brock stuff yeah, right brock after this, yeah a couple yes. yeah i take that back but even like wrestlemania going against a train yeah, and nathan jones right and, or was the Big Show there too? I don't know. Either way, probably yeah. I it wasn't. So. It wasn't like great. I, I don't know. And, and, and that's when, obviously, O three is the last year that he was the American badass. Mm-hmm. I think he realized like, you know what? It's kind of time for me to, yeah, put this aside for a little while. Because and he went to like this feud with Vince, which yeah, you know, was buried alive, and that was the catalyst for his return as the dead. Exactly. Man, which, you know. But yeah, like. O three was very boring for him. <laughs> very boring for me, actually. Yeah, but Undertaker took this role as the defender of everything great in America. I'm sure he took this role with great pride. He even oh, talked geez. to police officers about it, probably. Yeah. He, he backs the blue, you know? He went up in the crowd. You know, I, I mean, I don't know if we're going to talk much about this match. I mean, no, I was going to say, this. there's not much to see here. They had a match. <laughs> and the, he, other, the other Un-Americans yeah. came through. They, they they tried to interfere, but to no avail. Undertaker hit a tombstone. He won. He didn't use a tombstone a whole lot. So no, that was like, oh, no, tombstone. Yeah. But that was it. Yeah, and he uh, went out in the crowd, grabbed the American flag, came back in, and 
hoisted it high above his head, upside down, just like the other Americans. <laughs> I didn't even notice. That's hysterical. <laughs> After all that. I'm like, come on, man. You still hold it upside down, bro. He's either upside down or, you know, the opposite way. And then it's funny because it was like in front of his head. And then I think he realized he was holding it wrong and he ducked his head underneath it to make it look like it was the right way. Mm. And uh, it was very weird. I was just like, okay, enough. Like Nobody cared, bro. Enough. Nobody cared. I, don't I, mean, I guess could have been a great care. match without all this stupid stuff tied to yeah. it. But. The patriotism stuff. I'm from the states. I'm just like I'm. I'm cool, bro. I'm cool. Like we can do something else. It's like he went from this like pro U.S. thing to the feud with Brock, which is like weird. It's like where was your pro U.S. with Brock, huh? Huh? Why aren't you wearing Kurt Angle's tights when you're feuding with Brock? Huh? He knew Brock was gonna start living in Canada, so he's like he's Canadian, as far as I'm concerned. That's true. That's how he justified it in his brain. Maybe it's like Minnesota's too close to Canada, so he's not even from here. Basically, Canada. This is South Canada. <laughs> South Canada. <laughs> That's exactly what Undertaker thinks, probably. This is South Canada. Um, but we move on from that to another barn burner. It is Triple H versus a returning, for the first time in four years, Shawn Michaels. But it's not an official match. It's an unsanctioned match with entrances and a referee and everything. Unsanctioned. Unsanctioned, y'all, with fireworks and pyro, but we don't want no parts of this, guys. We don't want no. We don't want to be held responsible for nothing. Here's here's the entrance. Well, then it should be you know after the show, not even televised. <laughs> Look, it has to be some way around that. It's just it just I don't understand why WWE does that. They've done it for years. Where they, there's a whole referee in the ring. It's like why would you if you you're not sanctioning it? Why would you supply the referee? What are we doing here? <laughs> But JR said that Shawn Michaels hadn't wrestled in six one thousand six hundred and nine days before, before this match. Because this was his first match back. He didn't have like some test matches. This was it. Right. And well, this I think was at not the a time that he even thought it would be his final match. Right. Yeah. This was not supposed to be a long term run. Of course, he kept wrestling for the next eight years. But at the time, he was like, "This, this, this is it. Like, I'm good." I guess no one thought, including himself, that he was going to look as good as he did. Right. Which is pretty fascinating. It is. Uh, before the match, we got a video package, which was great, showing the history between Shawn Michaels and Triple H. Shawn Michaels and Triple H are our best of friends, are closer than a lot of brothers. Triple H, my friend, is that a lie or is that the truth?
Just like Shawn Michaels used me to stay at the top. Now I am a showstopper. Now I am the icon. What the hell do you want? Stage manager. Officially, your match will never happen. But it will happen, Eric. I will fight till there's nothing left. Till my legs are gone, you won't forget me. Cause I will fight till my final breath. Just to see you fall, I'll make you fear me. View or Triple H uh, attacking Shawn Michaels is really good. I remember that DX segment uh, where they too. made it seem like they was coming back and he hit the pedigree. I think, I think that was one of the uh, the DX segment I saw live, and I was just part of the because I when I was home I would like watch bits and pieces of Raw like that I knew were coming up, and that yeah. DX segment was one of them. And that when Triple H turned on him, I was like, ah, shit, like, screw this. Right, like, I thought DX I, was coming back. I was right, like, yes, that's what let's I wanted. go. And then he did the pedigree. I was like, god damn, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and then the reveal of Triple H. Oh, the reveal was kind of dope. I, I watched that. and It was very, uh, like, it, cheesy, like, action movie. Yeah. You just digitize the footage and clear it up right, somehow. Right, right. <laughs> Super easy. But I'm cool with it. I'll let that yeah. one slide. It yeah. was kind of good, and you see the blurry, and you, 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 they cleared up, and it's Triple A standing there running somebody over with a car or whatever again. Like <laughs> that's why he makes the parking lot the most dangerous place in NXT. Oh, I got it. <laughs> that's it. That's it. It's because he was running people over with cars and stuff, <laughs> and he got smashed in a car at Survivor Series in two thousand. Whatever was that? Survivor yeah, Series that's 2000? right. Bus, right. 
it was like a car or a bus or something like that. Yeah. That's why. That's where he gets that from. He's been up to no good in parking lots for like a decade plus. 20 something years. Now I get it. I see see your game, Triple H. But the funny thing is, Shawn Michaels and Triple H never really feuded up until this point. Now. Yeah, they had nothing. I like from when Shaw, not even when, from when they formed DX in '97. You know, like right. Not even as like before that, like Hunter House right. Helmsley. They never had a, like a like right. a program I, of sorts. No, yeah, you're right. Like not a program. Like I think they had matches, but it wasn't you know right. a storyline or anything involved in that. And I remember being like so annoyed by it. I was like, of course, Triple H saw Michaels, whatever. Like I can't care about this because I know they're best friends. Like whatever. And I was such a mark, man. It was so f- ridiculous for that time period. But that's where I was with wrestling at the time. I was just over everything. Um, and looking back, you know, it's like it, it's a great build up to it. Uh, obviously, I didn't know how Shawn Michaels would look. None of us did. So I didn't think it was going to be anything special. So it, I just wasn't interested at all. I was like. When they had that segment on Raw where Triple H was revealed as the attacker, and <laughs> Sean goes, "It was you, Hunter," and then Hunter like spits his gum out and smiles at the camera. I was like, "This is so cheesy," but now I love it. <laughs> like, look, it's just perfect pro wrestling. And maybe I was just wanted a different version of pro wrestling back then, but like now I, at older, like I know what pro wrestling is, and I know it's like what it can be and what it shouldn't be. Uh, you know, like that was just great pro wrestling storytelling, and I'm a big fan of it now. We we just saw uh, got distracted by Dave Spadaro putting on the helmet during the game, and uh, with the guardian cap <laughs> and trying to take it off. <laughs> that was really funny. But uh, the match, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Shawn Michaels' first match in four years. This match, again, classic. But this rivalry, I want to think bigger here, think big, bigger picture. This rivalry was good at first. Then 2004 rolled around, and we're like, <laughs> we're still here. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Okay. I got it in 02. <laughs> was, all right, I'm here for it. And I thought it was over. And then they got the, then they have a Hell in a Cell match at Bad Blood in 03. Or was that against yeah. Kevin Nash? Uh... Because he had a, Triple H had a match against Kevin Nash too. Yeah, that might have been no three. He probably had one against Sean at oh. Was it oh four? Probably oh four. Because he would. Because Benoit had won the title, so then I thought like Triple H and Shawn Michaels maybe went. Uh, I know Triple H had a couple rematches. But yeah, I, I you know I'm going to check that because the one in oh three I think was Kevin Nash. Okay. Which uh, nobody was here for with, that. No. With short hair, too. It's like, come on. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, their Hell in a Cell match was Bad Blood 04, so a year later. Okay. That's still, we're way too deep into this. Yeah. This was, what, like June 04? Yeah, Bad what Blood. What are we doing yep. here? Yep, that would have been June, yep. So, I... <sighs> Shawn Michaels wasn't even hurt. Why didn't they do it in 03? It would have made more sense. I mean, they did the Elimination Chamber with Shawn in there, but I just, I, I couldn't tell you. And Chris Benoit defended the title against Kane. At oh, 04. boy. It's like, well, you know, oh, that's boy. not going to be the main event. Why do they, like, ruining champions with, like, here's a challenger? Uh, Kane. Kane. <laughs> what is wrong with them? Uh 
It is really remarkable, though, that Shawn Michaels went away for four years and came back arguably better than what he right. was before. Right. That's pretty wild. Because obviously, you used to have time away, you're rusty, but also you're older. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be as good as you used to, and that's okay. That's normal. But not for Shawn Michaels. He was, you could argue his eight-year run from t- 2002 to 2010 was better than his initial run in WWF, which is like, what, 89, 90 to 97? Yeah. Something like that. It's late 80s, right? I think it would, they right. were in the late 80s. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty wild. Pretty astonishing. Because, I mean, I don't think anybody would have faulted Shawn Michaels if he wasn't the same guy he was back in 97. But somehow, in some ways, he was even better than he was in 97. And whatever doubters he may have had, because I'm sure there were doubters. I mean, I probably would have been one of them. If I knew, like, any better. I was 13. I didn't know any better. But I'm sure there were people around the industry that's like, I don't know, man. Like, four years away, can he, is he still good? Well, he proved all those people wrong mm-hmm. on this night. Oh, yeah. Because him and Triple H went out there. And put on a show. Triple H did the obvious thing of working over Shawn Michaels' back. Because, you know, it's the injured back. Oh. He got out of Sledgehammer at one point. Earl Hebner. He's a student of the game. That's why they call him the game. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they, they, and they winning the game right now. <laughs> they are winning the game. Uh, but Earl Hebner, he's a big part of the match. He's admonishing Triple H. Oh. Or trying to... Cripple Shawn Michaels and injure his back. For I will good. say, maybe his best performance ever. I agree. I he thought sucks. he. <laughs> wow. He he I absolutely he, sucks. But kudos to him for this performance. I thought he added to the match because the whole purpose was not only get Shawn Michaels back in the ring, it was also to make Triple H the most vile human yeah. being on the planet. Yep. So that's why, because again, this unsanctioned, so the referee has no say apparently in the match. Uh, all he can do is be mad about whatever Triple H is going to do. Why the hell did Nick Sirianni shave his beard? I don't know, man. Because Triple H shaved his beard here, and it really annoyed me. But uh, he, it was almost, it almost made him look like even more of a heel with his <laughs> shave. Like usually, he's he like ugly. Paid- <laughs> <laughs> You're uglier now, so I well, don't yeah. like you. <laughs> exactly, because he had been with a beard for years, and now it's like. Oh, you're going back to clean shaven. We hate you. Cause, uh, <laughs> we just, hate he, you. He looked bad with you a clean shaven. Ugly face. now. <laughs> Even your wife is heels <laughs> turn on you. <laughs> but yeah, I, uh, you know, they just showed Nick Sirianni, and he had, you know, clearly shaven or trimmed very, very close. And I was like, man, he looked cool with a beard, like flat out beard. And in wrestling, it's like, oh, when you. You're clean shaven, and you turn heel, heel, then you then you grow out the facial hair. It's like, nah, this was the opposite. <laughs> like, yeah, he turned heel, and then he shaved everything. It's like, come on. Yeah, but he, that, he kept that shave. That look ugly for, face out. He kept that shave that shave face for a year and, and change until he grew the Harley race mustache. Yeah, this is great. That's <laughs> no, and then yeah. Kenny Omega got one in 2021. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Should not do that. <sighs> Should not do that. Uh. The match now, though, again, great. Triple H pulls out the sledgehammer. Earl Hebner is admonishing him. Uh, too bad Earl Hebner didn't stand did up for it? Bret Hart in 97 good? like that. You know, he could have stood up for Bret Hart like that. Did he did not. 
Could have. Did Triple H lick the uh, sledgehammer? Oh, I did not notice if he did. Okay. That'd be weird. Do you know who? Well, oh, really? You think that's to weird, huh? The sledgehammer? Did you not that's see? Sitting uh, under the ring for hours? Or just lick a sledgehammer in general? I find weird, yeah. Did you not see uh, Jade Cargill and her sledgehammer? Oh, well, she's way hotter than Triple H. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> that's not even comparison, bro. <laughs> what? No, uh, no, no. There are exceptions to the rule. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, was, I was just wondering. And she is would count as an she, exception. Yeah. It's, okay. Uh, so she can do whatever she wants. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Don't question what she does. You, if you missed it, it was, it was on Rampage and uh, it's on Twitter. So look here. Yeah. I'm sure the freakazoids out there, <laughs> the freak bodies are sharing that. <laughs> I first, have not seen it. The only reply to that I, is uh, Triple H smiling. <laughs> oh my God. The gif of Triple H smiling. I love it. I'm going to Google this right now. I'm going to look this up. <laughs> TDE underscore gif. So the I'm total. Look this up. Somebody, did Jay Cargo look that sledgehammer? That's really funny. <laughs> That's really funny. Or, yeah, I think I just uh, searched Jade Cargill sledgehammer. Sledgehammer? <laughs> That's a good one to not lick because people, I put lick and. <laughs> Man, you see the the craziness <laughs> the, I the stumbled upon. Out. Jamie Noble's out there tweeting. <laughs> Go on, get it. The, oh, oh, we got it. Touchdown Eagles. I don't know who this guy is. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely ahead of me, but it's a long touchdown. Is. Yeah, Reed Sennett with the throw. Who? Reed Sennett. He's a third-string quarterback. He was on the team last like year. Sennett? Like Sennett. Congress? So like oh. S-I-N-N-E-T-T, I believe. Yeah. I believe. Okay. I'm not getting the uh, the video of this, by the way. It's just a gif. It's just a gif. Yeah, the one I see. Uh, can you send me the link, my good brother? Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I shall. There we go. Yeah, this is live shared, podcasting right now. Shared with you. And I'm not editing this out. Nope. This is live podcasting right here. Hold on yeah. a second. I got to find. Oh, there we go. Let's see this here. Oh, Lord. Wow. I still wouldn't recommend, folks. <laughs> see, that wasn't recommend. likely not under the ring. but uh, I hope they probably... saw that down before she licked it. <laughs> Out here catching staph infection, something like that. However, she can do what she wants. <laughs> <laughs> she can do what she wants. So, <laughs> like, we shouldn't compare. <laughs> Triple H, J. Cargo. That's not. That's a weird uh, comparison there. What? (laughs) Wait a second. Yeah, let's not. Let's not do that. But back to the match. No more licking of sledgehammers. You brought this up, Nick. You did this. Don't be all using Dusty. You did this. All right. And now I'm distracted. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> still looking at um, the tweet huh you still looking at the tweet no i'm done i gotta get <laughs> off it uh michaels eventually fought back against triple h after yeah. triple h just beating him up for a long time and then he did a kip up and the crowd lost its mind yeah when he did the kip up yeah and at this point it was just pretty much a textbook grudge match you got you got to build up all the heat for triple h 
and then let Shawn Michaels play the hits during his moments of glory, and then Triple H gets back on the offensive again. <laughs> Triple H, though, was bleeding a lot, though. He was bleeding like he was getting his ass whooped. He was the one doing most of the punishment here. But then Shawn Michaels got his hand on a, on a ladder, see? That's when things changed. <laughs> did he lick the ladder? He did not lick the ladder. Ah. But if Jay Cargo wants to lick the ladder, she is more than welcome to do so. Okay? I, no judgment for me. But uh, Michaels didn't use a ladder to, to dive off of something to go through Triple H and through a table. He just used a top turnbuckle for that. Ah. He did use a ladder, though, to <laughs> jump off of the top of that ladder and drive an elbow right into Triple H's chest. And he got up to tune up the band. Okay. All of this, none of this was, was, was expected, by the way. Like, I don't right, think people right, saw this yeah, coming. I, I think not. we could see, like, Shawn Michaels do some stuff, but then jumping off of stuff. <laughs> right. And landing through stuff. <laughs> that was not, I, I don't think anybody uh, really, oh, that was the, uh, the guy who scored the last touchdown for the Eagles. It was a track star. How about that? The guy did the hurdles. He ran really fast <laughs> he ran yeah. real real fast so that's why they kind of signed him right i guess that's why they signed the guy gotta catch it though and he did so that's he good. did he dove for it all he did well they backed off of him in the single high and then he just ran down the field <laughs> he, just, <laughs> he just ran down the field this is this is, this is easy money this is like being on the track again oh stemmed him outside come back inside it's over all the quarterback got to do is throw it out there. He threw it as far as he could, almost outthrew him. But I guess you can't out outthrow track speed. So Jalen Riker is pissed. Why is he upset? <laughs> it was a stupid joke. Oh, <laughs> think he's on the chopping block? Uh, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I don't know. If he can run as fast as that guy, then maybe he, they, he can have something. But it don't matter how fast you're gonna. Mm-hmm. You got, like you said, you gotta catch it. Yeah, yeah. I've never seen him that open though. <laughs> well, so. yeah. Well, <laughs> also, this is preseason. <laughs> Let's remember, this yeah. is also. Well, pre-season. I'm saying like you've never seen Jalen Rager that open his first two seasons. So look, it, we, there's a lot of things we didn't see from Jalen Rager <laughs> first two seasons. Okay, <laughs> we can't relitigate this now. Okay, we're going to go back to Triple H and Shawn Michaels, see? That's right. All right? The ultimate grudge. Who, when Shawn Michaels was tuning up that band, Triple H countered it and tried to put oh, on a pedigree. No. Oh, no. Okay? But then Shawn Michaels reversed that, got on a quick roll-up, and got the and got the pin. I love Jerry Lawler here, though. He's all right. Right after he kips up. He still got it. You still got that it. Crowd, this is true man. for Shawn Michaels. He did still have it. <laughs> Commentary here is just so good. Emotional roller coaster. Man. What a great call. 
It really was. So let's get that heat back. JR is cussing his ass out. <laughs> Gotta love the selling, the roller coaster there. Just so good for pro wrestling in general. Like, and I'm I'm sad I missed that live, just because I was like, ah, eh, yeah. screw WWE. But man, still gives me goosebumps. Like everything about the end of that match, the call, the the really belief. I think that everyone, even Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler, thought it was Shawn Michaels' like final match. Obviously, Shawn thought it. Hunter probably thought it. Earl Hebner, and just like. Man, Knowing that all that a, going into it and, and seeing all that, who that's pro wrestling one on one right there. Jr. has some banger calls and him, and King too has some great calls in two thousand two between yeah. this yep. and then the elimination chamber, which also yes. involved Shawn Michaels winning, yep. and it was like this. Oh my god, he did it! Like can't believe he did it type moment. Yep. Tremendous call. He literally says, "I can't believe it." Like, right. and you literally thought he couldn't believe it. Just the way his right. inflection and tone. It's like so good. Man, and you hear there that before Shawn Michaels could celebrate too much, there comes that <laughs> damn Triple H and knocks Shawn Michaels in the back with the sledgehammer twice. I think he did he break it the second time. I don't know if he broke was it, it. Was it broken? He okay. broke our hearts. He did break our hearts at the very least. He broke our hearts. Uh, Hebner is he's losing his mind, but somehow didn't <laughs> take the sledgehammer. Right. Uh, like Jim, like King said, like get the sledgehammer. Uh, JR, as you heard, was beside himself. He really was. Uh, JR said much worse after <laughs> that clip because he cussed Triple H's ass <laughs> out. Listen, they, out. they really ended on a high note because they, w- they wouldn't obviously broadcast uh, The Rock and Brock Lesnar. But man, he man, got all they of, went he on got, a high note. He got, he got everything out of that <laughs> because let me tell you the thought. JR le- had some legit heat with Triple H or something. He said at one point he's going to rot in hell for what he did to here tonight. He's going to rot in hell. You have no soul, said, you, you son s- of a bitch. You son of a bitch. <laughs> you have no soul. Do you have no conscience? Maybe like, I should have clipped that separately. Disgusted but disgusted <laughs> with Triple H. He's like, I've seen you do so many terrible things to people. This is rock bottom. Don't you have an ounce of conscience in you? Don't you have no soul? Damn, he was firing Triple H up, bro. He hated that man's guts. Don't you have no you have no conscience? Great stuff. And that's how you help get heels over. Yep. The announcers have to admonish the heels and make them sound like the terrible people that they're supposed to be. And WWE was like, in recent years ago, like, silence on the announcing. Oh, oh my God. Like, Shocking. Right, like, this right. stuff happens every week, B. People get beat <laughs> up in the ring every week, B. Why are we so shocked about it? 
what I'm saying? People get beat up in the ring every week, B. So mm-hmm. let's not let's not get crazy about it. But no, let's also say how bad it is for them to do it. Can't forget that part. Triple right. H, he leaves with a smile on his face. <laughs> JR is still cussing his ass out. Uh, King, even Jerry the King Lawler, of all people, called him a lowlife. Yeah. Man. How about that? If, JR, if King is calling you a lowlife, you're in trouble. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Shawn Michaels is being wheeled out. But in comes Howard Finkel. <laughs> and you're like me. You're like, what in the hell is going on here? And he, talked, he said he had to get something off his chest. Okay. And then he said, while the MLB may be going on strike, <laughs> WWE fans would always have the WWE and you have me, Fink. <laughs> right? And I was like, what? Mm. Baseball going on? I don't remember baseball going on strike in 2002 or about to. But apparently it almost did in the middle of the damn season. Mm. They had to get a collective bargaining agreement together in the middle of the season. Because mm. mm. that happened five days after the show. Oh, wow. To avoid... A strike in the middle of the season because apparently Major League Baseball lost five hundred and nineteen million dollars in two thousand one. I don't oh, know how the hell that happened. Wow, wow, wow! Which was wild, <laughs> okay. And only a handful of teams were turning a profit. The owners were like, "We can't let this happen ever again." I got a solution: get rid of teams. You remember that? They were talking about contraction in two thousand two. I, I, I'm trying to think and. I was like a huge Phillies fan, but and in, in two thousand two thousand one two thousand two, like they were not terrible, but they weren't good enough. And but I watch you know the games, and I I guess I just this totally slipped my mind because there wasn't a strike. But I I don't right. remember this at all. I do not either. But Jeez. that's why WWE is jumping all over it. Wow. And I and don't remember this. I was watching sports by this point. I was watching right. like all the sports centers and the PTIs and around the mm-hmm. horns. I feel like I would have known about this, but no, this is the thing that happened. I do remember the talk of contraction because the Montreal Expos were always a team, the first team anybody brought up when they're talking about contracting. Right. They also talked about the Twins, wow, and the Marlins, oh, and yeah. the Brewers. Oh wow, <laughs> like, the Brewers. they were trying to contract four teams, Whew. four. Can you imagine That's... a league, even today, in these economic times, right. just getting rid of teams? They just don't exist no more because we've we got too many teams now. We spent, right. we can't afford these teams. We wow. need to make our slices of the pie bigger. And I'm sure this wasn't coming from the owners of these teams. They were like, hey, we like owning this baseball team. <laughs> like, right. But I'm sure it happened from other owners. Like, no, y'all got to go. Yeah. <laughs> y'all got to go. Like, nah. <laughs> y'all got to go. We're good without you. <laughs> Fortunately... Major League Baseball did not contract, although the Expos did move. Mm-hmm. They got new ownership and moved to Washington and became the Nationals. Yeah. Uh, but Minnesota, for some reason, they were in trouble, but they got a new stadium. They're still around. The Marlins mm-hmm. also got a new stadium. The Brewers, they don't have a new stadium, but they're just here. They didn't contract. <laughs> I don't know what the hell their owners were thinking at this point. Still don't know what sometimes they baseball got a new is doing. They stadium, didn't they? The Brewers, no one- I don't think it was new. By, maybe it was new in 2002. I'm saying, like, uh, they didn't have a new stadium since this time, That's just, I should say. Like Miller, the Twins Miller got Park, a new stadium right? since this time. The Marlins got a new stadium since this time. Washington, you know, Montreal no. moved to Washington. American Family Field. Oh, jeez. Who's this? The Brewers. It was. Uh, oh yeah, they've had that. Park yeah, for a it while, opened though. in two thousand one. So okay, so it's new at the, for the time. Right. 
But they're still talking about contracting that team. Can you imagine, <laughs> like, you just open your new stadium. Right, it's like, ah, you're out. <laughs> you're, you're, you got to play minor league ball somewhere. You can be an affiliate. <laughs> how about, oh, how about, how about oh, we make you out a Cubs man. affiliate? You want to be the Cubs affiliate? Huh? <laughs> huh? Man, if I was a Brewers fan, <laughs> oof. You want to be the Cardinals affiliate? Milwaukee's <laughs> right down the road. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> what a sting that would be if That'd I was be a Brewers fan. That'd be wild, man. And make y'all yeah, an affiliate. That's, that's incredible. That you know, I maybe I wasn't watching those sports programs uh, enough. Yeah, because I, I, was. I wasn't like a sports center guy or part of the interruption guy around the horn yet. At that point, um, it wouldn't be until a few years later. But I just, yeah, it's like kind of crazy that it came that close. I guess without me really paying much attention to it. Um, because, you know, in the summer, you know, baseball is all you got until yeah. football rolls around. So, you know, in, in this time frame, late August, like, got preseason going. But, damn, I'm, I'm glad. I mean, that World Series was what? The Angels won that World Series against the Giants that year. It's a great World Series, seven-game World Series. I remember I did, like, a fantasy playoff thing, and I won on the last – in game seven because I had to close her for the Angels, like, don't remember the name off the top of my head, but he got the save, and I, I got enough points to win You know the playoff league that I was in. No money involved, but you know, like, like I was a senior in high school. I mean, like, I couldn't really nice. bet. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was a great like playoff. And, and even though the Phillies weren't involved, I always love watching playoff baseball. And, uh, like, yeah, if there was a strike, man, I don't know if I would have been a baseball fan much after that because – it wasn't even 10 years since the last strike in 94, you know, like when the Phillies were actually, you know, at a good spot to perhaps get a wild card berth for the first year they had the wild card uh, to make the playoffs. But, you know, the strike ruined everything. The Expos were having like an amazing year. So, damn, it's kind of incredible to think about. Yeah, it was a good year. Like you said, the Angels. That's why they have that promo too, right? The our season never ends. Right, that's what I'm saying. That promo has a direct. That has a target. I just didn't realize who it was at the time. But then I hear Fink's promo, and he's like, "They can go on strike soon," and it's like, (laughs) "Oh, our season never ends. Their season ends, and they might go on strike. We're always here." Gonna bring back MVP, Abe Knuckleball Swartz. Oh. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, remember Brooklyn Brawler was face painted like a baseball, wearing a baseball uniform. Yeah, wrestling. <laughs> oh, that was. Oh, I got you. Yeah, yeah. during the '94 strike, he he left the MLB to come wrestle. That's really, that's really WWE. funny. <laughs> that's really they would have definitely done that. No, too, if that happened. That's <laughs> Just really brought funny. him back. <sighs> but there's that. And uh, Fink, oh, there was more, actually. I take that back because we got Fink. He's in the ring, and he is insulting the women of Long Island. <laughs> As Trish Stratus comes out. So I've, I skipped over that. Trish Stratus comes out yeah, looking Trish. good. to steal, But Fink sees this as her stealing his spotlight. Okay? <laughs> this is what Vince McMahon thinks is funny. I don't know why he insisted on having Howard Fink be a part of the program all the time. He always tried to find things for Fink to do. I'm really I'm willing to I'm willing to bet that Fink was not looking to get on TV like this, but Vince was looking for it. <laughs> uh, I think I 
Yeah, I think I read something that he hated, like doing the heel things. I think Brian Gortz sure. maybe tweeted it out, but he why? would always do it. You know, because who would want? Why job. would? Why are we booing Finkel? I don't want to boo Finkel. I don't care. I don't care. Okay. Then you heard already uh, the the Wiener line, which is just like, "Come on, bro." <laughs> <laughs> who is this serving exactly? Who is who is this intended for? Like that that commercial, the the we don't have an off season commercial. You can tell there's a shot at somebody. Yeah. yeah. This who is this for? The eighteen and thirty four year olds. I don't think found this funny. They're like Trish. They're like Lillian Garcia who came out and kicked them in the nads. <laughs> but what do we do? What are we here for? Also, Lillian Garcia slapped the hell out of Finkel too. That sounded like yeah. it hurt. Yeah. Again, Finkel, why are we putting him in this position? He's a ring announcer. Now he's out there getting slapped in the face and kicked in the nuts for what? <laughs> Just for so Vince McMahon can howl at Gorilla? Like, oh, ha, ha. Like they, Vince probably thought this was hysterical. To see one of his most loyal... The World Wrestling Federation. For over 50 years, the revolutionary force in sports entertainment. Howard Finkel was like one of the first employees of Titan Sports. He's, one of, he's arguably the most loyal employee he ever had. And he would still kick him in the nuts on TV. <laughs> like, why did you do this yeah. to your employees? Yeah. And also the women on the show. This is what the women did on the show. Outside of Stephanie McMahon, mm. you had this and Nydia. <sighs> Brutal. Jeez. Also, this segment was really a dog whistle for fans that go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Like, y'all can go to the, get some snacks now. Yeah. Main event's coming up. So. The main event's coming up. Get your snacks right now. Go and get them. So you don't miss anything. Can't miss nothing. <laughs> but as you said, this main event time now. And we got Michael Cole and Taz back on the call because this is a SmackDown main event. It is for the WWE Undisputed Championship, which is a beautiful belt that had a very short shelf life. The Rock is defending his title against the next big thing, Brock Lesnar. And boy, the video packages for this match, amazing. Brock Lesnar, you are real because you are the next big thing. And tonight, tonight, Brock, you become the next king of the ring. The winner of this match, not only the prestigious king of the ring, but he also earns the right to fight in the main event at SummerSlam against the undisputed champion. Oh, my God. Lesnar caught Van Dam in midair, and it's over. Lesnar's the king of the ring, and this rookie now has earned a main event shot at the undisputed title at SummerSlam. With the undisputed title on the line, who will go to SummerSlam to meet Brock Lesnar for the undisputed title? The first man to score a pinfall or submission wins the match and therefore becomes the undisputed champion. There we go. Rock bottom. Rock bottom. Rock bottom. Yes. It's over. It's over. The Rock. The Rock. The Rock is the undisputed champion of the WWE. Yay, though I walk through the valley of the extreme, I fear not reprisals from my enemies, for I walk with the next big thing, Brock Lesnar. Brock, you're in the wrong place. The wrong year. 
with the wrong guy. The blood of Hulkamania is in my hand. And Rock, the blood of you is going to be on my hand come SummerSlam. You know, Brock Lesnar, you want to play games with The Rock? You think you want to play mind games? Is that what you want to do? You want to send a message to The Rock? Well, The Rock's got a message for you. Just bring it! All I care about is being the absolute best. In my mind, I'm number one, always. I wouldn't be here if I didn't feel like I was number one. I don't care about being the biggest guy in the industry. I don't care about being the strongest. Outdo my opponent, always. In my mind, I'm number one. All I care about is being the absolute best. Yeah. Showing these two guys training. You got The Rock. He's running up the steps at the old Orange Bowl where he played football for the University of Miami. You know what I'm saying? Super dope. And it's great to showcase the fact that these two guys are legitimate athletes. Like The Rock did play college football at a very high level. Won national championship. Tried to go pro. Didn't work out. But he was in pro camps. Brock, multi-time NCAA champion. He This is, of course, pre-UFC. So he's not UFC heavyweight champion yet. But still, legitimate athlete. I don't know why they get away from it sometimes, though, because they got so many guys who you could do this with. And I think it lends some realism to the product, but they don't do it all the time. But I thought it wor- really worked here. Yeah, and I, I, I guess the rumors were that Rock was going to go you know, back to Hollywood. Um, yeah, everybody knew that. And so I, I was part of why I was just like, whatever, I don't care about this. So even <laughs> You were like the fans in Long Island and he was tired <laughs> of The Rock. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we, I have a clip of The Rock after the broadcast goes off the air which you know kind of hints at his return in 03 being the hollywood rock which is really well done um that i'll play after we we go over this match i think even seeing that promo like wouldn't have got me interested in this because i was so i was so like over it i was like i love like i love the rock so much it's like why is he going away like what the hell this This sucks like I don't give a crap about Brock. I don't give a crap about anyone else. I don't give a crap about the Undertaker. It's like Bizarro up. Nick to ninety-seven. It really is. Because Nick. Really Nick in ninety-seven, you couldn't get enough of pro wrestling. <laughs> that's right, man. Like you, like all yeah. you did was pro wrestling in ninety-seven. And <laughs> five it. years later, a little older. I guess you're a teenager now. You're a little more jaded. You know. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. older. Huh, whatever. That's the little kid stuff now. You know. <laughs> You don't learn to appreciate the stuff that really, you're really passionate about yet because you're like, this is a little kid. I'm right, grown now. Right, still finding my way, trying so to figure out. So you're going through out, this like, angry teenager what, stage, which yeah. I, I got to look out for, for with my daughter. She's turning 12 this year, so right. I know that's coming at some point. Um, but you're going through this, like, man, what happened? <laughs> like, damn, yeah, almost so I, bad. I, 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 maybe it was the internet, man, because I didn't have the internet in 97. I couldn't really enjoy everything. Um, I knew a lot more about the business in 02. Obviously, I know way more now, but even in 02, it was just like, okay, why is Brock coming up? It doesn't make sense. Why would they book The Rock versus The Brock? Like the the BS that I, I put myself through that many fans put themselves through right now, it, it was just a lot, I guess. And it's not like I had a job. <laughs> you know, I wasn't working. Um, so I didn't have anything to take my mind off of you know, my, my loves of, you know, playing baseball, you know, I played baseball, but by this point, you know, our base, our baseball season didn't stretch into August and September. Um, you know, the fall season would, I would play fall ball and that kind of stretched a little bit 
into it, but um, it really started in September. So like it was kind of in a lull right now. Um, I, I can't explain why I hated it so much. Maybe it was, I, I was bad at WWE for, first of all, changing their name to WWE. I remember being pissed about that. <laughs> I think it was the dumbest thing ever. And then not having a WCW or an ECW anymore. And obviously I didn't watch TNA. I wasn't buying those weekly pay-per-views. I thought it was stupid. So I was very, uh, maybe angry at Vince in a way, angry that WWE was the only game in town. So I didn't have, you know, an option, even though I was so pro WWF through the years that I was like, nah, screw WCW. Like when it really wasn't around anymore, I was kind of like, eh, the brand split didn't do anything for me at first. It was really when I went started watching it again, the end of 03 and 04, where I started appreciating literally everything that I had missed the previous. Like, I mean, I watched Kane get unmasked in 03. I watched him set Jim Ross on fire. Like, I, I would go through spurts of rewatching it and then just stopping because I was just like, okay, like, nothing's entertaining me anymore. And, uh, you know, I... I I'm just sad I missed this pay-per-view as a whole because this pay-per-view kicked ass and uh, this match kicked ass that we're going to talk about. And it was just like, a, yeah, weird time. I, I'm I'm happy that I came back, that I was fully able to appreciate what I missed instead of just thinking, you know, not, otherwise you wouldn't have this podcast going. You know, like I, I you know, it was just, yeah, weird time. Barzaro Nick is right. Yeah, it's just like I've always heard such joy come out of you when you talk about pro wrestling, and now it's just like, oh, oh no, <laughs> this was not joy. This is very much just like very much like just get the hell away from me. <laughs> that, that's and that sounds like the teenager you were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds I mean, about right. But it's funny because I, I was into it in my early teenage years because everybody was, and then once well, yeah. you know everybody kind of. You know, Austin was gone, and, and The Rock was not The Rock of 98, 99, 2000. Um, you know, they just kind of filtered out, you know, the, you know, my classmates or whatever. So I did feel alone, so I was probably annoyed at that. Um, you know, none of my neighbors, like I had neighbors that I, you know, hung out with and, and played street hockey with and stuff. They didn't watch wrestling, so I couldn't even talk about it. I was literally the only one watching, and... uh Maybe it was like a reminder that ah, you're alone. You're the only one that watches this. You suck. <laughs> so I would resented it a little bit. Um, but he, I could never like look at wrestling and hate it. Like I love the spectacle of it. I love the stories, uh, the angles. Like that's what I fell in love with when I first watched it. The larger than life personalities, and that's what I. That's what drew me to love wrestling. That's why I still watch it today. So yeah, in that in that time period, um, and I went through a couple of them. And the other, this was the only sabbatical I think that where I was like angry at wrestling. Um, the other sabbaticals were weren't like anger towards wrestling. I was just like, okay, I don't have time. You know, I I couldn't carve out a schedule in my life to fit wrestling in weekly or keep up with it the way I, I've been able to. You know, since. And now, obviously, time management as you grow up gets a lot better, and life management, hopefully, uh, for you, gets a lot better. And luckily, I was able to do that. 
allows me to appreciate matches like this. Yeah, man. That's good to hear, though. I'm glad you uh, bounced back from that law, <laughs> from that downtime in your life. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. You know, got over that. Oh, I missed today. the Philly. Did somebody hit a three-run homer? I think oh, during my diatribes, the Phillies, uh, if the Mets had tied the game, it was 4-4. Oh, man. Bastards. <laughs> but, uh, another three-run homer, perhaps, nice. from Alec Bohm. Oh. Well, but it's now time for yeah. the main event. How about that? Maybe I should oh. talk more often. Maybe. Diatribes and stuff. <laughs> Alex Bohm just going crazy. It's, he made, like, a really bad play in the field to allow the Mets to come back and, and start their rally to tie it. Um, then he hits another three-run homer. He's got two three-run homers today. So Look at that. This one barely a homer hit the top of the fair pole, or no, the bottom of the fair pole right over the wall. Hey. So and I whatever works. How much. Whatever and I works. how much. They ask how many. <laughs> but it's now time for the main event of the evening. Again, WWE United, well, not United, Undisputed championship the rock defending against brock lesnar i already mentioned the video packages um but i'm seeing <laughs> brock lesnar walk down to the ring and i just can't help but think about the fact that if you had told him at this point that he could be a farmer on tv and still make a lot of money he would have been like yes he'd be like where's my costume like, <laughs> right before i get to the ring get me my new like, costume all this other stuff y'all got me doing is snorting and grunting no i want to be a farm boy don't go mess with the country boy. That's what he wanted to be back in 2002. But The Rock, when he makes his entrance, he lays the title down. He's jumping around and stuff like that. And he runs to the ring to get a hand to get his hands on Brock immediately. But Brock took that personally. <laughs> and he immediately suplexed The Rock. <laughs> like he was nothing. Just threw his ass across the ring. He's like, MJ. And I took that personally. All right, and he took that personally. <laughs> the fans were already booing The Rock, though. And yeah. look. People were growing more resentful of him because he was spending more time in Hollywood than he was with wrestling. And it was clear his time, his days in wrestling were numbered. It was very clear. So people turned on him because of that. However, The Rock took notice. He took note. (laughs) And he held a grudge. Just like he did (laughs) in March of this year. Yeah, it's the second time now. Y'all done booed me on a big match. What's up with y'all? You know what? When I come back next year, because I'm going to go make this money real quick. But when I come back, it's everybody's ass. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I'm coming to everybody. All right? And Hollywood Rock was the guy here in 03, just cussing people out left and right. And it was great. It was great. But I know The Rock was like, what in the hell? Like, But the, the smart thing about The Rock is that he would hear it. And instantly feed into it. He would just right. match their energy, which I love. Like, oh, you're gonna you're gonna boo me? All right, like he can just flip into like that mode real yeah. fast. Yeah. So I thought that was great. Um, both guys at one point kicked kipped up at the same time, <laughs> which was like for guys what? of their size, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mind blown. Hammond got in the apron multiple times. First time the Rock slapped the hell out of him. The second time the Rock forcefully brought him into the ring. But that allowed Brock Lesnar to get the upper hand and hit Rock with a chair while the referee wasn't looking. Oh, no. Okay. While this is happening, there are loud let's go Lesnar chants. So he's cheating to win, and yet people are going crazy. 
Paul Heyman gets on the apron again for another distraction. But The Rock used that to land a low blow. Fans boo. What are we doing here? Okay. The Rock then cleared off the announce table, banged Paul Heyman's head on it, and then rock bottomed him through the table. It's like, damn. I'm going to get rid of this guy. You want to get up on the apron? Watch this. But I will say, you can tell that like The Rock was like concerned. He was like, he grabbed his head a little bit. He kind of whispered in Paul, Paul's ear. I'm assuming Paul says, oh, I'm all right. But The Rock tried his, tried his best to take care of him. All right? The Rock hits another rock bottom in the ring. This time, it's on Lesnar, his opponent. However, Lesnar kicks out. And now The Rock, is, he's, he's upset. He's like, you kicked out of the rock bottom? What's going on here? Then Brock Lesnar hits what they called a Brock bottom to The Rock. Everybody thought that was over, but The Rock kicked out. Eventually, The Rock goes to a people's elbow. But Brock just gets up in the middle of the move, <laughs> picks the Rock up. Oh man! But the Rock countered. But more then there's more reversals. Just uh-oh, reverses uh-oh, left and right. Uh oh! Crazy stuff. But eventually Brock is like, "Get your ass over here! <laughs> Put get on my shoulders so I can f five you and win this title." And that's what happened. Brock Lesnar is the new WWE Undisputed Champion. And how does he celebrate? By banging his head up against the title. (laughs) Because, of course, Brock would do that. Now, the show goes off the air with Brock being the new... He is the the big thing. Not the next big thing. He is the big thing now. He arrived. He's the Undisputed Champion. Okay? In, like, five months, he went from... Nobody who nobody knew who this guy was to now he's a champion and he beats the rock at SummerSlam. Two thousand two Nick couldn't roll his eyes far back enough in the back of his head. Man. It's like really? Come on. I was so mad. It's so funny looking back. Clearly I didn't know what Brock would be. I mean, I just in my head I'm like flash of the pan, you know, blah blah blah. So I remember seeing the results and being like, Of course. Of course. No surprises here. Nope. 
Brock Lesnar wins again. <laughs> and we've been seeing this for 20 years now. Brock Lesnar wins again. Now I love it. His oh, yeah. Life. His matches, regardless, are a spectacle. Whether it's a squash and he wins or he loses in some way, shape, or form, they're always a spectacle. Yeah, that's the very least we can say for Brock matches. Yeah. They're not all five-star classics, but they are <laughs> spectacles. Or they can be spectacles. Right. Which I'm fine with. Yeah. You know, I'm fine with. But, again, we're watching on Peacock. The show goes off the air at this point. So what you don't see is The Rock's promo after the match. Where he basically reveals that he's going to turn heel when he comes back. <laughs> like, Finally! What is ass? The Rock has... <laughs> he's holding him. Whether you like it or you don't, The Rock still leaves here your people's champion. <laughs> as of now, sing along with The Rock is over. over. <laughs> he just turned heel right in there. Throws the mic. Did he... Was this cleared by Vince to turn heel in the crowd right then and there? <laughs> like, oh, man. Was that in Vince's I, plans? And what's funny is that even if it wasn't, Vince couldn't do a damn thing to The Rock. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. And I think The Rock knew that. So The Rock just said, I'm going to turn heel tonight. Yeah. Sing along with The Rock is over. Yeah. And Vince is like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a second. Hey, whoa. I had you at WrestleMania in the main event winning the title next year from Brock as a baby face. Not happening now. That's funny. Not saying that was actually the case. I don't know what right, the case, right, right, you know, yeah. but I'm just saying, like, what if that was the case that Vince, hypothetically speaking, Vince had it all mapped out <laughs> and he did not have Rock being healed in his plans. <laughs> it didn't happen oh, man. that night. Oh, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> that night, the Rock was like, nope, I'm not doing this with no more. I'm not dealing with this no more. <laughs> We're done with that. And Hollywood Rock was born that night. <laughs> And that is SummerSlam 2002 from Nassau Coliseum in Long Island, New York. Nick, any final thoughts on this here program? Yeah, I'm I'm glad that I didn't let, you know, outside forces kind of kill my love for wrestling so I could appreciate this era. Um, You know, now, like, I appreciate a lot more you know, week to week and, and all that. And, you know, I've more outspoken of things I don't like uh, versus things I do like. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, like, WWE could have given me the best show in the world in, in that moment in 2002, and I would have been like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> it was just, like, a, a funny thing looking back. So uh, I missed one of the best SummerSlams of all time, but it also – you know, able to watch it now and, and still give get goosebumps watching you know, Shawn Michaels and Triple H and how underrated the Rock and Brock match is that, you know, it doesn't get talked about at all. But, I mean, it's a great match with a great crowd. You know, that crowd was into it that whole night. So uh, that's what I want. I, I just want that back, you know, like, AEW gives me it to a certain extent, but like I need that WWE crowd. Like I need that things that make sense. And you know, we grew up with this brand on Raw and SmackDown, and not having it for so long, it's so frustrating because I just want 
you know, I want different varieties of, of wrestling, you know, that, and we've had a lot of them um, through the years. And it just goes to show, like, how great wrestling can be, man. I forgot how good that crowd was for the Shawn Michaels Triple H match. Um, you know, I hadn't watched it in full in a very long time. So uh, I got goosebumps even talking about it with you and, and playing that, that clip, you know, like it, it's just like incredible, incredible show. Uh, you know, that's why I love pro wrestling. So great show. And uh, I'm glad my sabbatical was just that, only a sabbatical. And I'm glad for that too. And all of the listeners are also glad. Yeah. That it was just a sabbatical and it wasn't permanent. Just a phase. To give myself a round of applause. <laughs> oh, yeah. A very long round of applause, too. A standing ovation now. Yeah. I, uh, I, I clapped to myself and my cat got up and looked at me like, what are you doing? So, sorry. It was, it was just sorry. a just a phase where Emo Nick was going through some things. He's a teenager. He's an emo teenager, man. He needed to figure some things out. But you, you're back. But my final thoughts on the show is that it was a really good show. Like you said, it's one of the best SummerSlams of all time. I mean, dramatic improvement over the even the previous two years, which were like not terrible shows, but like this was another level. Uh, and a lot of things happened on this show. You got Shawn Michaels' first match back in four years. You got Brock Lesnar being, you know, ascending to the throne as the guy. And it's like a new era, pretty much, right? In WWE, this, you know, they bring in the younger guys. The ruthless aggression starts kicking up. It, mm-hmm. it, it's a... The winds of change were upon us there. You got The Rock going away for a long time again. And then he's going to come back as a heel. There's a lot of stuff going on here. But this show, like you said, The Rock and Brock match, I think is underrated. I agree with you. Uh, I forgot how good that match was until I watched it back for this show. It's very good. Okay. Then you got Shawn Michaels and Triple H. I mean, that's a classic with the storyline and the way that match ends with the with Shawn Michaels winning and you didn't get the, the sledgehammer stuff at the end. Which sometimes, you know, wrestling promoters and bookers, they can abuse a whole get your heat back there, brother, type thing. <laughs> but uh, I thought it made sense for this one. You know what I'm saying? It made total sense yeah. for Triple H to still do something dastardly at the end. Um, You know, just to Knowing get his he heat he was going to be a world champ in a few weeks. <laughs> that too. That as well. Knowing he was going to get into necrophilia in a few months. Man, look, <laughs> at some point, we'll get into the Katie Vick stuff on this podcast. That was that day is not uh, today. I'm vindicated in a way for my sabbatical because <laughs> I, did, I, did not, I did not uh, <laughs> watch that live. So Man, I did. And it was just like, what is going on here? What in the world? Yeah, I just but, watched it recently because I, I wanted to... Get this clip. You remember this? <laughs> no. It's Triple H laughing at the end of that airing. He's backstage wow. with Jonathan Coachman. He made that sound. He he did. He it's called the Triple H honk um, oh. because he he started laughing and when he started walking away, that came out of his throat somehow. That was very attractive, so, Triple H. I'm yeah. sure the ladies loved that one. Yeah, he in the middle of laughing, just like whatever that was. Yeah. Um, he made that sound. Okay. <laughs> he made that sound. So, uh, I remember I, I was watching it to clip that and the uncomfortableness everybody felt. Yeah. Terry Runnels backstage, you know, doing like interviews and whatnot. And, and Jonathan Coachman was just like, 
after Triple H walked away, he was like, what the hell? And then Terry Runnels is like, uh, we'll try to move on from that. And it, yeah, this, it was just so uncomfortable, bad. which, you know, now is kind of funny looking back. But, um, yeah, I'm glad I, I remember, like, the reaction online and on, like, message boards was like, Triple H is, you know, Triple H's segment and necrophilia. And I didn't even know what necrophilia oh, was. I had to look it up, unfortunately. A poor young <laughs> evil like, Nick. <laughs> had to look up what necrophilia was. So what the hell is this? Nah, that was a whole new lesson in life right there. Oh, my God. It's just ridiculous. And they was doing but this on WWE television. <laughs> really? Please, nobody. If you subscribe to our Patreon, uh, Don't, oh, I, do, I do not really want to look, deep dive into Now you're just telling stuff. people to do it. Now you're just telling people to do it. You know uh, people are going to do it now. Well, I mean. Why would, you, why would you say that? Hey, at least we'll get two bucks out of it, right? Uh, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. On that note, uh, yeah, <laughs> take us out with some plugs, please. You can follow me at underscore Picoan on Twitter. Follow us at Shooters Radio on Twitter and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Shooters Radio. You can catch me at phillyinfluencer.com and foxphlgambler.com. Hopefully, we'll have some wrestling roundtables coming at you for Clash at the Castle and All Out. You know, Stay tuned for news on that. And that's it for me. <laughs> I am at Vaughn M. Johnson on Twitter. If you can't find me there, you can find me out here in these streets. Uh, you can find my professional tweets at Philly Inquirer, which I am running right now as I speak. Uh, and you can find my, some some of my writing there as well. Uh, you can find this again on Patreon. This was a Patreon request, so thank again, thanks again to our patron Chris Johnson. Uh, you can be like him and get your request fulfilled. Just go over to Patreon.com/slash/ShootersRadio. But until next time, for Nick Picone, I am Vaughn Johnson. Thanks for listening to episode 335 of The Straight Shooters, and we'll catch y'all again next week. Ha <laughs> ha!